This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. It's Dale Jr. Welcome back for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Today, part two of Jimmy Spencer. Jimmy came in hot. We got a lot of great information. Uh, But part two, man, you guys saved, I think, all the good stuff. You think so? Yeah, I'm really surprised at how you chopped this thing up and and, uh, what you were able to provide for part one. I'm always curious, Mike, when we do a two-parter, what you put in part one and what you put in part two. And, uh, man, I mean, the Kurt Busch stuff. Right? All yeah. that's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's good, too. And hell comes with it. It is so good. <laughs> like, he buckled down uh, when we started talking about that. And, uh, man, we got the details. I've always wondered what happened in that garage uh, and and all the physical stuff and everything after it. He went there. Yeah, so. he did. Anyways, Mike Davis, my co-host. Thanks, Mike, for being here. Matthew, Leah, everybody's here. We've got a great show. Like I said, Jimmy Spencer, we got Ask Junior presented by Xfinity. Let's get started. Our boat. Yeah. How are we doing on this? Have you? Uh, you're you're about to back out. No, I'm not. I backing see that out. face. No, I'm not backing out. But oh, I had man. other opportunities. I know. I've ha- I've oh been God. presented. Well, look at it like this, Mike. What? I've been presented with a better deal. I just this got, is all. I, got, I just got defriended. Not hung out of a draft. What kind of? What, hey, hey, hey! What this kind of hole do you gotta be? To get on a podcast, go have these hey, on let's it. Get, a get me to bite, and now go. All right, go the ahead. friendship. That's your choice if you feel to, if you're wanting to defriend. That's okay, you. I'll let you finish your sentence, and then I'll decide. That's on you. Uh, so, me and you <laughs> talked about. I brought the boat idea to you, if I remember correctly, and yeah. in with the idea to get it at the cheapest okay. price possible. All right. Well, I have found a cheaper way to get a boat. How? By paying less money. Okay. But it doesn't. What does that got to do with our. Oh, you, it, you just don't want to be partners anymore. But it won't involve a second investor. Oh, I forgot. So me and TJ are on our own again. TJ was never really officially brought in. That's not true. I saw him at the airport just. So you brought him in? United. No, you brought him in. I did not. You, we just the talked. way you brought me in. You brought you, people in, and then you're, you're bailing. Not no. It's like Listen, we're skiing behind hey, your boat, and now you are not going to pick us back up after we fail. I am a broadcaster. I'm going on the weekends. There yep. will be a pontoon at a dock, not being uh, not no, 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 no. There'll be a pontoon at the dock. If if you want to use it, like you got to hear me out. Okay, I'm listening. All right. Mm-hmm. Instead of me and you having to pay money, there'll be a free boat. It won't belong to you. It really won't belong to me. Free? You're getting one. Somebody's giving you a boat. Yes. Or loaning you a boat. Yes. It's on. on it's I'm on getting, lease. Or I'm it's getting on. a boat for the summer. So is that better than owning a boat? I don't know that I want to own one. I just sold no, one. No, it's not better. It's way worse. What? In my opinion. So listen, I had a boat, and I had it for years. I, I know. used it twice, three times a year, and I sold it. I lost my tail. Yeah. On that boat. Okay. I bought it and then sold it for way less and didn't even use it that much. I don't want to do the same thing on a pontoon. I don't you care. You knew this information last week when you brought it up. 
Yes. All right. But I was willing to spend <laughs> I was I was ready to spend, you know, whatever that number was going to be with you and possibly TJ. I wasn't really a, I didn't really think we'd brought him in. I now have a thing where no one has to spend anything. But you just have to get over the pride of I don't own this, but I'm going to use it. You got to get over that, Mike. If you want to go in on on this and use a boat on the weekend, why wouldn't you do that? Wait, so he's still in? Yes. Clarify this. No, no, stop. Hold up, Matthew. He doesn't want to. He doesn't Matt, want to. Accept. I'm confused. He's still in. I won't be able to use the boat on the weekends. I'm going to jump on it. Maybe if I can, in the middle of the week, I probably am going to use this boat. It, no more than I used the last boat. That's why I don't want to spend any money because I know I'm probably going to want to get rid of this thing eventually. So, okay, Matthew, stop for a second. Here's the he problem with that. Doing Here's the, uh, he, I got something to say and I'm, I'm going to okay. forget it. Here's the problem with that. You're saying everybody's able to use the boat or I'm able to use the boat, but you're the only one that thinks that. Why? Because because there's responsible people around you that would never, that, that know that that's not a good idea. For instance, I take the boat out, or you let TJ take the boat out that is not ours, and then it comes back damaged, or it comes, you know, now we're not responsible for it. People run for it. This is why you don't just let anybody take your property. It's the same reason you don't let Mike, people just come in and go play on the basketball the court boat, or, or any I, of that stuff. You know the, what I'm saying? The boat is at a dock on a, at a lake house that you use. I you reserve. And your family go and use it. Not, not freely. How? Is it's not, not mine to go freely just bounce over there. First of all, that... Mike. Okay, so... It's the same thing in my mind. Yeah, it's not. You go use the lake house when you reserve <laughs> it or whatever you have you want to... Yeah. You want to say... You call it reserving. I, I'll just call it reserving the boat. Hey, man, me and my family would like to use it this weekend. I ain't there. Amy ain't taking it out by herself. Take off. That's... You don't... You, you do not feel that way. There's no, I, I know I'm sitting here telling you how you feel. That's, there's a problem with that. I get it. All right. You know, but me, I'm say, you I know, know me you long well enough. enough. Yeah. I know you well enough to know that that, that would work maybe for a month. Why would it not work? Because if now people are looking at saying, are you overusing it? Are you overstepping your bounds? When have we ever went through this? When have we ever had that? In me our, and you personally? Yes. Never. Because I, because I don't overstep my bounds. Maybe because I don't feel that way. Okay. Basketball court. Yeah. You put up cameras in that place to make sure nobody stepped foot in that thing. Certain people, not you. Because I wouldn't do that. No. I know your. I know what. Pro that, I know when people's property. I respect people's property. I put a camera in the dirty dome. Yeah. Because there's in there that I don't want stolen, Mike. And, no, and if no, somebody no, walks no, no, in no, no, there, no, no. I want to know who stole it. No, because people would overuse it and overstep their bounds. That happens. If you let the Western town just run freely, people just come on over. Anybody can just drink a beer. Here's the key. You wouldn't do that because people don't know boundaries. And it's always that thing. And people, and to be honest with you, I'm trained to, to also look for that, that people try to take advantage of you. So, right? I'm, I think that it is absolutely normal for us to accept this boat and. It's going to sit at that dock. Okay. All right? It's going to need to be ran. It's going to need to be used. The frequency that I'm going to use it... Dang, I'm so disappointed. Listen to me. The frequency that I'm going to use it isn't going to be enough 
for it to be operable, I mean, it's going to have, you know, if I'm going to go use it and then not see it for a month, I'm going to jump on there and the battery's going to be dead. I forgot to put gas in it last time. Whatever. But if it's being constantly used, kind of like a vacation home, right, where you use it some, then you might rent it mm-hmm. some. But it needs to be used because somebody needs to be there when the HVAC is not working. So when it gets fixed for the next guy that comes in there and uses it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the way I look at it. Somebody, we we could spend, let's just throw a number out and say twenty grand a piece on a pontoon. And go in on a used, okay piece, right? And then we're then we got a pontoon, and eventually I'm gonna want to probably maybe upgrade, maybe not have a pontoon. I'm not right. I'm not wanting to buy a pontoon for longevity. And so I found another way to get a pontoon that I don't have to pay for. You don't have to pay for. It's not ours. We have to give it back. When do we give it back? I don't know. We got to we got to get the terms <laughs> from the person that wants to give it to us. Well, the the question is from the outsider watching your conversation: Is he in those terms? Is he in those terms? You know, the person that's giving it to you to use is it okay with them? Is what Mike was trying to get at for Mike to use it? Yeah. Okay. So Mike doesn't want to buy this. I'm trying my hardest to be as good about i mean i'm trying my hardest to get you a boat without you spending a dime yeah well i I guess i think that you got to look at it like you're not going to just you're not just going to go run and jump off jump on it and take off i you would never do that no one should do that but you might say hey this weekend i know you're out of town uh my family and i'm gonna jump on the boat great What's the? Uh, I'm going to tell you. Now you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but this is how I feel. In um, Christmas vacation, cousin Eddie. Yeah, I'd feel like cousin Eddie. That's. I don't look at you like cousin Eddie. I'm glad you don't, but <laughs> there's a reason why you don't. We have had people in our circle mm-hmm. who we have nicknamed Mooch. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, maybe I, we nicknamed Mooch. <laughs> you didn't. And because it's it, it's obvious to anybody when they have start using something that doesn't belong to them, maybe they were given a, a thing. I'm just saying, I'd feel like cousin Eddie all the time. I'd be like, I'd sit there going, "All right, man, we, we you know." I just don't think I'd enjoy that. I, I think I when understand. I know that when I know that it's not my mine, it does not belong to me. I understand. And th- to be honest with you, when you say I go over to that lake house, I've been twice. I've been twice. To be honest, what's with you. the frequency of of boat use do you think you see your family having? That's probably a good question to ask. I you. guess I've been I've been really wanting a boat and just haven't done it because for various reasons. What kind of boat but, do you uh, see yourself in? Is it a pontoon or is it a bow rider? Twenty twenty four foot I, bow rider? It doesn't you don't really I, haven't really you thought know, that much into it. I never really thought about pontoons until we you got my hopes up last week. But the uh, <laughs> the um, it. You know, a, a, something to take out the family in, you know? So, no, no, if it was just me, it'd be a bass boat, but it ain't just me. Right. You know, there's other people to think about. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, you think about something, those, you know, pontoon boats, you can pull tuber, tubes and, yes. and stuff. It'd be fine. But that's okay. So, you got to be, I think you do need to have a conversation with TJ. TJ does believe he's in it. 
hey, you know what? Let's just talk to him through podcast to podcast. So, like, basically, TJ can, <laughs> TJ can respond to this on Door Bumper Clear uh, next week. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, I mean, I don't want to th- spend any money. I got you. Right. Look, that was one of the funniest parts about this is people were like, why is Dale going halvesies with anybody on anything? I don't <laughs> want to spend any money on a boat. I've done that. I didn't like it, and I regretted it, and I'm trying not to make that same mistake. I know what happened. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Kelly talked you out of it. Nobody talked me out of it. Amy talked oh, you out of it. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you who steered me in this direction. I just, just remembered. Clint Boyer. So I was. he was texting me about our jobs, and, and I said, hey, by the way, I'm thinking about getting a pontoon. So just like you on this podcast, like when I'm thinking about doing something and I'm not sure if it's the right choice, which I don't think this is the right choice for me, I throw it out there to people and gauge their response, right? And so I said to Clint, I said, randomly, hey, Clint, I'm thinking about getting a pontoon. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll have fun with that. You know, you should ask such and such if he might he might get you one, and you and him can sell it at the end of the summer. I can help this guy sell his pontoon. So I'll use it and hit, turn around and try to help him sell it. I'm like, I'm going to ask him. So that's what I'm doing, and I'm seeing if that works. So if you want to get really mad at somebody, maybe you can get mad at Clint instead of me. No, I think I'm going to stay with you. Damn. Hey, last thing I want to say. Not about the boat. We're moving on from the boat. We should talk about the Jimmy Spencer re- uh, response. I've got a question because we're going to play part two today there's been a a question from a lot of people and even myself and that was were you satisfied with his explanation about the 2001 comments you know i think that uh not really but i didn't i mean i didn't know how much that i i didn't know how much i thought i should deserve in a you know what i mean mm. i felt like I felt kind of bad wanting more from him about it. You know what I mean? He did come here. He he was gracious. We talked for three hours uh, about all kinds of things. And uh, I could tell he was un- a little bit uncomfortable about that particular part of the conversation and wasn't really ready to say any more than he said, right? And I don't think he ever will be. And And I think... You know, so I was like, all right, I don't think I'm going to get any more out of this. That's probably okay. Maybe I shouldn't want any more. Maybe I don't need any more. Maybe I'm being a little too greedy about it. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I, I don't think you should feel bad or wrong for wanting more or, or, you know, allowing yourself to think that. I did notice a couple people, and I didn't know if I disagreed or agreed with them. I think I more or less agreed. People were saying, I wish, you know, you guys would have held him more to the fire, held his feet to the fire. Yeah. And not let him venture off. And I agree with that. I think we probably should have. But I also know that it was like the mental gymnastics to keep up. And it was like herding cats <laughs> a little bit. And it was uh, interesting because in part one, absolutely, man, we were – it was like cats running all over the floor, right? You just dumped the bucket out and they're just gone. Right. But part two was the exact opposite. Which is coming up today. He was completely on point and, but, and stayed he was he was into the story with us. We were into this I don't know how to explain it, but it was like two different well, you don't have to because people are going to get to yeah. hear it right now, and uh, that, that's going to be something that will um, you know let people I don't need any I'll tell you to answer the question I don't need any more okay. uh, the fact that he came on the show that was kind that was enough for me. I really you know i, I I'm not 
angry about it anymore. It doesn't bother me. Um, and it helped me understand him a little bit better, just to him as a person. And I think, too, listening to some of the things that he experienced with the sport and with Mr. France and all that and kind of hearing how he was privy to the entertainment side of it and the and the strings, the, you know, the monkey business, I guess, or strings going on behind the curtain mm-hmm. was interesting to me. I didn't know. So if he saw that and, and, and his, pers- his perspective of the sport was probably different Maybe that's why you might make a comment like that, right? Still, still a silly thing to say, but God, I guess it kind of made more sense. I, man, when I was in the sport, I didn't ever. I thought it was up and up, man. Thought they would never be doing anything up there in the NASCAR booth that was weird or bad or shady, or they would never go against a guy. Now, I don't know if I feel that way today, but in two thousand and one, man, everything in that booth was by the book. In my head, right? Mm-hmm. My, my, I'd never thought that they were, you know, they'd go after a guy and bust him for speeding because he said something in the media they didn't like mm-hmm. the day before, right? Yeah. Drivers now all feel that way, right? Is that right? Oh, yeah. Every, anytime a driver gets busted for speeding, it's because they think back in their head like, That's true. What did I do to tick them off? Right. It's not because they were speeding. <laughs> right. Or, or failing to get through tech or something. Like that. Right. Yeah, they were, they, 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 they were making harder. They did something that made things harder on NASCAR, so NASCAR came back on them. Now, that I'm just saying that's the way drivers think. Yeah. I'm not saying that's true. but Well, okay, so you, you weren't particularly satisfied, but you were definitely got enough closure to be able I'm to I'm glad we had him it. on, and it makes me much more comfortable with having Harvick on. Where are you at now with wow. that post-Jimmy Spencer? I, I think that, I think I have to be okay with it. Listen, I want to be clear about Harvick. The re the way Spencer's comments got personal with you, like if if it's comments that are just strictly you know about whatever it is in his mind, uh, then you would have no problem. But it got personal because he questioned your credibility and NASCAR's credibility. Harvick, listen, first of all. I'm not even a blip on Harvick's radar. So for me to sit here and be like, I'm still mad at Harvick about something, Harvick don't care, and I get it. So anybody that wants to come at me and say that, I I get it. No, I understand. Harvick's got a lot of other things going on. I'm not even a blip on his radar. Okay. The only issue I have with it, and I'm still trying to, you know, come to peace, is that Harvick, we were so close to Kevin. I especially felt like we were all close. When he came to this company and raced – I developed so much of an appreciation for him, not just on what he brought to the racetrack, but what he brought off the racetrack in terms of how to, you know, made our team do sponsor. He made every corner of this building better. better. Mm-hmm. He made you want to strive for nothing short of a win, uh, short of a win in sponsorship sales, short of a win on the track, short of a win in PR, short yeah. nothing. This was a guy. I'm like, man, this is a guy that you could model yourself off on how to build a team. And you sought his advice on on you know establishing a team like this. And he is. And I'd go over to. We had fun with JRM 360s, and we just. I, I really love. I just loved the guy. I was such a and Elena, uh, both of them. So his banner's still hanging up here. A lot of them. Yeah. I mean, so like he was an integral part. So it, you know, I just when he said what he said, I just. We had gone through such a gamut of, of emotions in a year because of the concussion thing. And so much like in 2001 where you're trying to have a healing moment and you get it when you win that July 2001 race and somebody comes in there and, you know, kicks you in the nuts just for, for no – it just seems unnecessary. 
I felt the same way that Kevin Harvick's comment. When you've already announced your retirement, you've already announced it. You're on the way out. You're not like, you know, petering around the racetrack at 75 years old, killing the sport, taking all the fans, but, you know, finishing 17 laps down. That's not what's happening. You've announced your exit plan, so it felt like you're throwing rocks at a man's back. And so I took it personal, and again, I took it personal. He, he don't care, and he shouldn't care. He literally should not care. But Josh Jones was a friend of ours. Um, Kevin Harvick, I felt like was, and then that's why I still don't know if I can get over. I, I'm just not over it. But you could have him on the show. It's your show. Yeah, well, I, I, I would just be, you know, and if I if I voice my opinion to him, he'd be like, okay, who cares? Yeah. And I'd be like, <laughs> I, you're right, who cares? It's, yeah. it's inconsequential, and I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I think with along with just being able to have that conversation with him, um, and and just talk all about that what you just discussed. I also just. He's and he's such a um, he's a big part of the sport, you know. Champion, successful. He's on the backside of his career, has a great sort of perspective and view on where the sport is and where it's headed. He's he's knows the business side of the sport really well. So I'd just be curious as to all that, what what information you know his opinion on things, right? I also have a theory that he was doing something much like you would say NASCAR, like he was trying to punish you for something that had nothing to do with retirement, or I think he was punishing you or getting at you because of comments you made about driver salaries. Yeah, well, he told, me, I, he told me so. Well, again, I thought that was out of bounds. Yeah. yeah, so we went to Michigan for a press conference about my concussions or something, right? No, not Michigan, Watkins Glen. Yeah, I don't remember the reason. Oh, was is it the, then? Yeah, I was in the media center. There was a question in the media center about Matt Kenseth was, you know, so Matt is winning races, and there was not a ton of demand for him going forward. And I think Gibbs was getting ready to replace him by somebody. I'm trying to figure out if this is all correct. but And so I was asked by the media, like, what, what is going on? with, with Why is there no demand? Where should where the, where do these where do the cup guys what's going on with this the salaries and the the sports kind of had you know we were going through a big reset you know nationally in the economy in the market and I was like you know that trickles down into the sport sponsor dollars are dropping attendance is dropping so when all that money is dropping everybody's money's dropping right everybody's got to understand that things are going to change for each one of us mm -hmm. right. And I made the comment that maybe, you know, some of the guys that are getting these big contracts might have to, to reevaluate what their expectations are in the next deal. And I, it pissed him off. He thought that I, you know, as a, as a driver who had an amazing contract, I, I was basically on my way out taking a big dump on all of those guys that had great contracts as well and saying, well, you know, William Byron and these other kids are going to come in and take pennies on the dollar to get cup deals and the, the veterans like – like uh, Matt are going to have to accept way less than they've been comfortable and accustomed to, right? Mm -hmm. And he thought that was a very <laughs> thing for me to do. And I don't, I can absolutely see his point. In and that. so when he said, he he wasn't said the only was, one. when he said what he said, yeah, he wasn't. Clint was mad. A lot of people were mad. And I totally get it. I would, it was a, if I could have, if I could take that back, uh, what I, I, I felt what I said. I believed in what I was saying, but I probably should have not said it. Mm -hmm. 
that's when you're messing with people's money. That's that's none of messing my messing with their yeah. income. That's so right. I shouldn't have not. I shouldn't have went there. But he, you know, the ne- he says what he says, and I text him, and I'm like, man, why'd you say that? And he goes, probably bothered you about like what you said bothered me, didn't it? And I was like, oh, okay, I see. Hmm. So, you know, anyways. Yeah. We're so are we talk- gonna get are we gonna get Harvick on the show? I think so. We can stop talking about it. So we can stop having the conversation between that's me right. and you. I, 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 that's right. I, I want to. I want to get back where I'm pulling for Harvick and not rooting against him. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's I'm exhausting. A, I'm slowly. I'm ahead of you. Like I'm. There's days when because I'm such great friends with Rodney Childers. Mm-hmm. You know, so I pull for Rodney, and that in turn means I'm pulling for Kevin. But and I know that Kevin's not all jackass. Right. No, I know he's, he's not. not just a real shitty person. I think that just every once in a while, like he, you bump into him, he's gonna bump into you twice. If he feels like you, you did something he didn't like, and he he can get get you, he'll get you. Yeah. You know, and that's what happened. There was a part of that podcast with Jimmy that you didn't touch on. I wanted that. He said that he went to Yuri, uh, to Tony Senior and Junior, and apologized. Okay. Did he apologize to you, or did you know that he went to apologize to them? That's something that when I was just listening yeah. as a viewer, I, was, I didn't know he did that. Okay, and they didn't tell me he did that. Okay, and I never knew that. And in my mind, I'm thinking when he said that, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I got you. With the tone and the attitude of his comment, I'm like, no, nah, I don't think he did that. A week later, maybe he did. Yeah, I don't know. I believe that he believes he did. He does believe it. <laughs> O'Reilly Auto Parts, man. They are in the business of keeping your car on the road. They offer friendly and helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. You know the jingle? Oh, yeah. We're going to do the jingle at the end of this. Nice. I all can't right? wait for it. Yeah. So listen. Listen to the end. They've got thousands <laughs> of parts and accessories in stock either in store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your car. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, they're friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com. That's O'ReillyAuto.com. O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Ow! (laughs) (laughs) You better put that in there. All right, so part one of Jimmy Spencer, pretty good. Uh, he was all over the place. He straightens it up, though, Mike. He's going to get it in gear. This part two's, I think, even better. All right, let's hear it. Jimmy Spencer, part two. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the voice of the Stafford Motor Speedway, Ben Dye. Today, on the Dale Jr. Download, He was a two-time NASCAR Modified Tour Champion. Stafford Motor Speedway was the place where he got the name Mr. Excitement. And if you thought part one of the broadcast was exciting, you haven't heard anything yet. 
driver of the Quick Stop Beverage number 24. From Berwick, Pennsylvania, Mr. Excitement, Jim Spencer. I remember when I worked my tail off and I spent a lot of money to, to win Daytona. I, I wanted to win Daytona with my car. And we went to Daytona and we were going to win the race, leading the race. And I made a decision not to pit with 40 laps to go or whatever, 50 laps to go. Because I said, we still have to pit no matter what. We can't make it. They said, no, you had to pit again. I said, I'm staying out of here, out of the hen's nest, the rattlesnake trap. Because if you're leading, you're safer. Led, led the rest of the race, 8, 10 laps to go. I have to pit, so I pit. I would give everything up that I had for them, them to tell me that I wasn't speeding. And I come down in first gear at 2,200 or 2,300. I come down like 20 mile an hour slower than I was supposed to be going because I knew they were gunning for me because Les Richter, he gunned for me. And Gary Nelson and David Hoots is up there in the booth, and I proceed to not do nothing to my car but put fuel on it. Hit back at pit road, didn't even lose a lap. And post... The 20 car. What? Post the 20 car? And I blew up. Well, one thing leads to another. I had, I had to pit again. Drive through penalty. Well, when I pitted again, here comes Dale Jarrett and Steve Grissom out. And they were the two cars that we were racing. So I was sitting behind them. Jarrett was leading the race. Grissom was second. So I, I passed Grissom. And all at once, I'm going like, well, if I get my lap back, there's only 10 laps to go. Well, my God. Here comes Dale Jarrett's crew member over whatever offers me offers to buy me a set of tires if i help him win the race <laughs> i said what that's what my crew chief said well here comes buddy parrot over he says mr bechtel's going to make it very profitable for you to help us win this race today that was the 29 car progressive progress and with steve grissom and Jarrett. okay i said okay i like that one tell steve to get behind me got behind me NASCAR, Spencer, don't be messing up the finish of this race. I says, I won't even be in the picture. Come on the radio. I know they listen to you. I won't even be in the picture because you effed me out of this race today. We had lapped the whole field. We were up. I, still was, I was still running ninth, but one lap down. So you know, two laps, three laps to go. I says, okay, it's time to go in case caution comes out. So I pulled out, and Jarrett's like, and he's fingering me, you know, the whole nine yards. And I pushed Grissom, I said, now pass me, and I pushed Grissom, boom. And uh, we went into the white flag. I said, oh, I, I think I have a flat tire. So I went up to the third turn as high as I could go. They went on to finish one, two. And Mr. Uh, Parrot wasn't wrong. They paid me pretty good. Mm. <laughs> but that car, Mike, I spent probably $150,000 trying to win that race. You and your dad, up until recently, I don't know if you still do it, but y'all had – You'd get a, yeah. you'd cut a dirt track in the field and get some char cars oh out God. of the junkyard and y'all. I found I found one tape of it. Yeah, but, I've but seen not, not of your dad. Y'all done this recently, and yeah. apparently dad came one. <sighs> what God year dang. was that? Your your dad not you. Know, I didn't know. I'll tell you. I'll say this. Like I had no clue that you and dad had any kind of relationship. Oof. The only uh, thing. Uh, let, me, let me tell you quick. You know, forget racing. So I, your old man. Something about him that liked my dad. I think my dad reminded him of Ralph. Your dad would stop by and see my dad every week. Every week. Hey, Pop, how you doing? That meant a lot to me. I got pictures of your dad, me, and Dale. And uh, my dad said, bring your friends to the racetrack. Don't have friends. Me and your dad had some sure. falling out deal. You know, That deal I learned quick when he got even with me. He said, now remember, 
that wasn't Sunday. Right. Let's not do this on Sunday. We do this in Xfinity Series. We don't do this on Sunday. He did that with somebody else we had in the show. He's like, now look, we're wrecking our our Xfinity cars here. We're not wrecking our cup cars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Dale and... and, and, But wait, he came to y'all. He came and ran that dirt. Oh, he... Okay, this is he what happened. He came and ran your little... So we were racing Saturday night. Uh, uh, my dad never really raced on Sunday, but all of our fr- friends and guys wanted to race. Y'all would carve... We had a big junkyard. Yeah, you have a junkyard. You get all these junkyard so, yeah. cars, and you take the bulldozer and car- yeah. cut a dirt track and invite people over. Yeah, dad would dad would let them race you know, through the junkyard. He said, I can't have that no more. You're going to crash my good cars. <laughs> so we went down by the river, and dad cut a racetrack. He said, we'll see how good a racers you are. So we would do that, not all the time, maybe once a year right. or so. So your dad had heard about it because what had happened was somebody told him that I had a thing. He said, I want to come down. I said, well, hell yeah. You talk about fun. So your old man says, I'm coming. I said, okay, Dale, we what gave you directions. I can't, you know, Dale, you remember the early, time? You, late yeah, 80s, yeah. early 90s? It had been 90s. 2000? Was when I was cup racing, so I, I would have said it nine. I said, okay, 80, 89. I was driving for Buddy Baker, so it had been 90. Yeah. 89 or 90. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, 89, you drove for Buddy Baker. 89. So we're at Pocono, and you're <laughs> – so we invite everybody. So my brother had – we must have 100 cars. Chocolate rolled one over, holy <laughs> Oh, my God. So your dad gets there. And, and what it is is my dad kept the track wet, and we would wreck cars. You, you know, you didn't – if you – my dad said, guys, if you go out there and deliberately wreck somebody, you're done for the day. you got to try to race them. Yeah. you got to try to pass them. So we're out there racing, and, and your old man's running around there, and he, he breaks the left front wheel, so he can't go much further. Spencer, he sees me. So I says, no, get on the other side. No, I'm not your old man. That's son of a bitch. He has to push me out. Oh, he, he ain't letting you. He, he, he oh, he's going to drive. And what are y'all driving just out of? Oh, who the hell knows? 72. <laughs> we yeah. Just a car hell. out of the junkyard, right? Oh, we, well, we took the bumpers off of them, took the headlights out of them, made sure you had seatbelts on. That particular time, <laughs> your dad was, me and your dad, I said, oh, oh there's Buddy. I said, we got to get Buddy. What? Okay. So your old man, oh, Jesus Christ. All right. He's, we're catching him. I said, now remember, we're over in the third turn. I said, when did you get him? Push this son of a bitch out there. <laughs> Push him out there in the soupy hole. <laughs> so we get, your old man gets a hold of Baker, and he pushes him, <laughs> pushes him on out in the soupy hole. So Baker's out there, and here comes my brother with the forklift, because we have to stop the race, you know. Here comes my brother with the forklift. He picks Baker up. Baker, and Baker was a piece of work. Oh, damn. Oh, here comes Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody dying laughing. So then we keep racing and racing. Childress, he has the pilot in the car, and he he, he breaks a car, and he comes and gets my mom's laundry car. And somebody turns him, and he hits him in the side, and all RC goes, well, we're in trouble now. And the pilot goes, why? He says, the radio quit working. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, oh, God, I, I would give anything to have. I have some film. It wasn't, oh, my God, it's worth $10 million to me. We go up there. Now we have a cookout. Y'all still do this? No, we quit doing no. it because of insurance reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> liability. Tony, liability. Tony Stewart came. Your dad said, so this is interesting. So now we cooking corn. And I'm standing there, and my mom says, Dale, I want to get a picture of you. He is filthy dirty. Uh, we, I won't show the picture to nobody. We're filthy dirty. And he, put, he puts his arm around my mom and dad. And they take a picture. And he looks at my dad and he goes, it's illegal to have this much fun. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, we, he ate clams. Oh, Jesus, mighty. We ate, 
clams some cold beer. And uh, the next day, Saturday, he caught, he comes down to the hauler. He says, hey, Ed, Ed, when you come into Charlotte, okay, so now Dale, this is when he was building the, the new building and stuff. He, that was before that. That was before that. He had the old shop. That's when he had Winston. He pulled a one on me at Winston. So your old man goes, Ed, come on over to the shop. So I'm like, I take dad over to the shop, and he's, he, I have to get in the back. And he, your dad's driving, and my old man's in the front, and they're riding around. He said, where should I put the track at? Mm. You know, where should I? Man, bud. And my dad had a habit when he had a left hand. And my dad grabbed Dale, and he'd say, Dale, just you don't want to do that. You come, <laughs> you come to my place anytime you want because, you know, the, the cars, you don't have access to the cars. Yeah. The whole nine yards, I'm going to do it. He said, I'll just buy 10 cars. And about a couple of weeks goes by, and he says to me, he says, your dad was right. I'm not going to do it. I said, anytime you want to come up, do it. That's funny. And, and another quick story. So I'm at the shop, and your dad, he's a practical joker. And I, I was gullible. So I go to the back. He says, come on, I want to show you something, Spencer. So I go back to the barn, and he goes, oh. I go, what? He says, look, I, I see something. What day is that? Go get it. And I forget what it was. It was nothing. But I forget what. You know. <laughs> so, needless to say, I jump over the fence. I run over there and I look. I hear. <laughs> I went, what the f is that? <laughs> get out of there, Spencer. Get out of there. And I look, here comes Winston, the bull. Yeah. Son of a <laughs> bitch. You t He's laughing. That son of a bitch is laughing. <laughs> oh, man. He helped me. We jumped over the fence. <laughs> I go, Erna, you son of a bitch. He goes, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but, oh, man, he, another, so here we are. I come over to this garage. Nothing intrigued me about your old man. We were sitting there one night in the shop. We were all sitting in these five-gallon buckets. And I said to him, we're having a couple of cold beers. I says, Dale, why are you so good? Well, you know, because this is when I, I wasn't even driving a couple cars at the time. I said, Dale, why are you so good? Well, he says, come Sunday. I, before I get in the car, I look. Wherever I'm starting, I look up, and I look down, and I go, ain't nobody here could beat me today. And that was his theory. He, he, he had a mindset, and I never forgot that. Okay, now, two weeks later, he says, Jimmy, you go, Spence. Oh, he called me Spencer. Spencer, hey, take me up to Mom's house. I got to get my truck. I'm driving an 88 Chevy V8 pickup. So he jumps in me. We drive up to Martha's house. He gets his S10 pickup truck. He goes, all right, you ain't going to beat me back to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge. So we're going down the road. I pass him. He tries to pass me. He can't pass me. I got a VA. He got a little S10 pickup. Hmm. <laughs> I forgot on Route 3, 136, I have, you have to slow down to, <laughs> to make. So I turn my lights off to make sure nothing's coming. Who the hell goes through the ditch over the thing? Boom. And he beats me to the shop. Pulls in, told you you couldn't beat me. Mm. That's, that's a driver right there. That's <laughs> what that is. Oh man, he was. But when he, you know, like he, when he needed help and the, with the car, I didn't know what he, I didn't know what he wanted to do. When he handed me that nine grand, he, I told him, was you don't realize, I, I, I wasn't being paid driving a bush car. We put every dollar we had in it. Just, and you know, it was just, whew, man. Jimmy, I got to tell you a story about this guy real quick. He just mentions, and I had forgotten all about this. He just mentions the gas bill of his, of his airplane because he came to my wedding. I had a small wedding, okay, very small, just a few people there, right? 
and it was down in Florida. And when I say Florida, I'm not talking about beach Florida. I'm talking about backwood, like South Georgia, Florida. It was where the alligators lived. Right. And so our wedding day is notorious, but we still laugh about it because we lost the morning of, you know how, like, I, I don't know how Amy would have been, but like typically I would assume the wives are have a lot of anxiety. I mean, like you want everything to go up perfect and everything well sarah well, was not sure she wanted to do it is that what it was <laughs> <laughs> we, we had lost the wedding rings that morning and oh, we had remember, lost the, and we lost she the tried we- she tried everything <laughs> yes yeah, she tried <laughs> she said this is a mistake <laughs> bury these things <laughs> but we had lost the wedding rings and the wedding certificate so we didn't even know if this ceremony we were going to have was actually even legal at this point and she's wigging out i'm told you're not supposed to see her anyways all this anxiety and and finally, like we had to do this wedding ceremony again. It's very small. We had to do it with. We had to borrow people's rings. Like we couldn't even find ours. All that to say, you get through the ceremony and everything's going. And she's now, you know, she was a basket case. And then uh, all of a sudden, you hear, "When do I get to say I object?" In the middle of the wedding. Right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn around and it's Spencer. That says it all. Yeah. And and Matthew's <laughs> back there dying. When do I? And, and to this day, we we bring that up because Sarah's like, you know, we hear just you know a woman hearing that at her wedding. <laughs> I say I saved his ass so many times. <laughs> this is what I was want to hear. He, I, I'm always wondering why he, you know, he he's got this nice shirt pressed, and my wife goes. Do you know he comes in and presses his shirts to make sure? In your bus. I did. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Dang, Mike. These, these shirts that we had, I don't yeah, know, they would wrinkle so easily. Of and all I, the places to go do that. You know what? You went into the driver's bus? We had that relationship With his at that wife? point. We did. We had that relationship. <sighs> Listen, I'm going to tell you something. First of all, Henry Benfield was his, oh, his driver. God. Yes. I, I brought, God, it is amazing that Sarah's still with me because, like, I brought her to the racetrack for the first time. And I go, and you say, oh, come over to the bus. Right, and so I, I go to the bus and I knock on the door. Henry answers and he says, that, that, that ain't the girl you brought last week. <laughs> <laughs> we had some I, good times. I, I swear. I was like, <sighs> what, his first. And I'm saying, Sarah, this is Henry. He's kidding. <laughs> I didn't bring a girl last I week. Bet he's yeah, gonna... yeah, yes, you did. Yes, you did. I mean, he's got a name. He's got everything. I'm like, I didn't stop. She's not buying. She, this isn't funny, Henry. He's like, Henry. He did. She was hot. We could, if we could have Henry, if we could have Henry on the show, the stuff he did. Oh God. So we was at Charlotte, and this is my first attempt at, 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 to really understand Henry. So when we were racing the bush cars, Pete Bab, Pete Bab. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. He always made sure my hauler parked right next to their hauler. Yeah. Well, now I know why. Because all the officials would come over and eat. Yeah. Because we always had plenty of food. So I'm hot. Friday, we're getting there to the track because we're going to qualify the cup cars. And Friday, we have to practice or something for the, for the nationwide race, the bush race. And this official, this, this, this security guard out at the end, I don't have my pass. It's in the bus. And I, I'm driving my 990, whatever, my red pickup truck. And the son of a bitch hits my mirror. Mm-hmm. Whoa. I said, listen, you son of a bitch. I get out of the truck. I said, this is my vehicle, and you just hit my vehicle. Well, I told you you can't. Well, thank God the state troopers come in. And now I'm really mean. I'm, I'm really frustrated and hot, and, and the, the officials see it. 
So I come in and I, they say, Spence, calm down. What happened? I says, that son of a bitch. They done that to us too. I, 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 could, I could take care of it. Henry. Henry. Henry's going to take care this of it. This son of a bitch goes through the audience, through the, through the garage area, collects all the lemons and lemonades he can, fills the damn cooler up with lemonade and puts three or four bottles of Visine in it. Yeah. Do you know what that does to putting Visine in a drink? <laughs> You're, you'd still be <laughs> no lie. If you drank it. So he goes out with that cooler. So the official, the official takes him out on the golf cart with the cooler. And the state troopers are there. He will not give anything to the state troopers. But every one of them security guards. Now listen what that bastard does. He goes in the, into, the hall, in, in, into the toilet. And Took he's, all the toilet paper? He, no. No. He sprays it with gasoline. Now you talk about being on top of runs and burning your butt on top of it. Okay, roll My on. Gosh. Oh, he, and oh no, he was NASCAR, even all the officials, all of them. Oh, yeah. the, the, the guy that inspected the carburetors all night. So once it's quicker. So mm. now, we're at, now we're at Phoenix, Arizona. That's right. <laughs> so Mike and I, we, we'd sit on a pole with the yellow freight car. We were pretty happy the whole nine yards. And my buddy TC was a hell of a cook. So we would come into the motorhome. And I, whoever wanted to come in my motorhome came in. I didn't, we didn't care. Mike knew. Get on in here. Well, now, when uh, the door was locked, that meant you couldn't come in. <laughs> Don't come in. <laughs> but anyway, so Mike and I, we're, we're, having a, we're hungry, man. We're banished. Well, they got a dozen of donuts here on the thing. But TC's cooking taters and onions and, pep and, and steak, uh, uh, a hamburger steak, best meal in the world. So I'm going back to change. And I see these donuts. And I said, hey, Mike, I said, look at that. We're going to donuts. Go ahead, Mike. I, I wouldn't eat those if I were you. <laughs> and we're like, I mean, Jimmy's ready to pound them. They're chocolate. Oh, they got this gorgeous. It, it was it was Phoenix, but it was late in the year, and oh, it yeah. had this chocolate on it, and it was melted, and it looked hot. And man, oh. they looked big. Those big donuts. And he's like, I, 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 I wouldn't eat those. And and by he the, he, opens, by, by the way, he opens a microwave up, and and, and and we see him, and then and then he's like, oh, 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 watch. And oh by the way, God. we're not making fun of somebody with a speech impediment. This is no. just how Henry does, right? No, right. No. So Henry takes that plate and he goes out and he passes these donuts out to all the security guards in the motorhome lot. And what those ha that chocolate is X Lax. <laughs> and 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 those things and those security guards are just hoofing them. I'm talking bow, bow, oh, these bow. And we're watching. And out the window, and I'm like, this is, this is bad. Well, what had happened was, is this is before there's a tunnel that goes underneath Phoenix International. It's a crossover on the backstretch. Well, they had kept, they locked it up for practice, and, they, and Henry got stuck on the outside all day. Couldn't get in. And so he went to Walmart, bought donuts, got the x slacks, came back, doctored them up, handed them to every guard that was complicit in not letting him in the track. And he padlocked all the Porta Johns except one, to which he doused the toilet paper with gasoline. It was awesome. Those funny. guys. It ain't funny, but it is funny. <laughs> those guys, the next day we show up for the cup race that day, and, and all of them guards had been replaced. None. They, we, Henry goes, oh, where'd my friends go? Like, all caught in sick. <laughs> that, was, that was the life right there. Benefield would be something. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go 
on your happy price, price line. So Mike's first job oh, was with you uh, as a PR guy, and he says that he had two jobs, right, two responsibilities. One was to get you to the driver's meeting, and the other was to get you to intros. Yep. And you skipped the driver's meeting yeah. on purpose at Daytona because y'all wanted to no, start in the back. No, I didn't skip the driver's meeting. But like, hell, you didn't. No, I missed driver introduction. Whatever it was. I'll tell you, I was so uh, – I got a memory on this. Y- you don't forget. I've heard. Not so, he was going to get fired. I, yeah. I, I was getting <laughs> fired. Listen, Jimmy. I'm going to tell you something. You and I have never had this conversation, but I still have PTSD over that week. And you know what? The people that know and, and, and train over there may have even been aware of it. But, but the, the <laughs> fact of the matter is, is that I, I was so green. I got the job. I was working as a newspaper reporter on a Tuesday in Albany, Georgia. I make a move to Charlotte on a Wednesday, and they fly me to Daytona on a Thursday. Speed Weeks has already started. This is 2002. I didn't know anybody. Never been on an airplane. Didn't own a credit card. Didn't know anything. Could you have had a better guy teach you than me? No, I could have. I probably could have. I could have had – I could have – in the big game, yeah, no. But that week – you went out of your way to make it hell. Now, let me just give well, you a couple stories. I got stories. used together with him. Listen, I do I credit you for a lot of this stuff, but hold on. The, Let's talk about this week because they said, listen, Jimmy is, you know, he's got this new ride at Ganassi. I have not, I don't know anybody. I mean, can you just imagine, <coughs> I, I, like, I'm so new. It's like I, everything's so big. I, I didn't know anything. They go take me over to Jimmy to meet him, and he does this thing where it's like, and he walks off before he, <laughs> before he even shakes my leg. He's like, oh, what? And I'm like, what the hell? Too like, slow. This is Jimmy. And then I come back and he's like, what's your name again? And I said, Mike Davis. He's like, oh. Yeah. And then he walks off again. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, is that a good impression? I don't know. What, did I do something wrong? And they're like, uh, and it's Bill Lyons who's oh. walking me over there. <laughs> 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 so, so listen. So then it's like, okay, you gotta, your job is this. You got two jobs. In your life as a PR, this is, this is what I'm told. You just get, all you got to do is get him to the driver's meeting and the driver's intros. That's your only job. And by the way, we're going to win this race this weekend if you don't screw up. That's this to me. We were going to win the race. Dude, don't you remember testing? Which you wouldn't have tested the car, but the Finch cars, uh, it, well, th- those things were so, stupid fast. So what happens? We qualify like crap, 21st or 22nd. I think you were better than that. No, we weren't, Mike. And I said to Reno, I says, Mark. And I said, we're in a freaking snake's patch. And I said, I can't miss the driver's meeting because that goes against me with Ganassi. I said, I just missed driver's intro. So Finch and Mark Reno and myself knew it. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't. No, so I didn't know. I'm knocking on his door. He, you're Pat not a- says, calm down. He says, we're going to miss driver intro. I got my suit and everything on. Well, don't worry about it. Not old. Now we go there, perfect, because we missed driver. Well, I, you, you, and he, I never in a guy, I says, Mike, take care of me. Easy, easy, don't worry. I'm going to lose my damn job first. Stay on the job. I'm going to lose. I says, no, you're not. Don't, I says, I got you back. Don't you f- You didn't say that. I Are did. You I would have loved that piece of advice. I told you. I would have loved it. I've gone 15 years thinking that I was, dude, you didn't say, I got your back. No, I was done. In fact, I was like, Freaking guy, man, he missed intros. I think he did it on purpose. I think he did it on purpose. But why would anybody do this on purpose? It doesn't make any sense. And, and Lyons is telling me, I t- you, had, you had one shot at this. And so I'm like, I'm done. And 
and then you are leading the dang race. You win the race, by I the did. way. Yeah, you right. win it. You, you I blew out up. You blew up with about 20 to go, but you were leading the race from the back in 22 laps. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. And this car's stupid fast, but I didn't, I didn't think it mattered because I thought I was well, done. Remember when, remember when we had – this was ongoing, right? Now, Finch only cared about one thing. You didn't get hurt, but you won. That's right. Don't get hurt, but win the race. And my wife loves this sucker. And we took to him like no tomorrow. And um, Bill Lyons comes in, going to get him fired. I got to fire him. I said, come in. So we're, we're at Talladega, and me and you get together, just racing. You, you had pushed me. I catch, I, I rub the fender, I blow the right front tire. I don't blow it, I, I get a slow flat. There's about 10 laps to go in the race. I hit pit road. I go, listen, that's stupid. We're going to save the car for, you know, another thing. So we hit it for Talladega, the second Talladega, when I finished second to that no good damn Todd Bonine, <laughs> my, my partner. But anyway, so I, I come on the thing, and, I, and, 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 and he comes in, and he, where would you tell those people you parked that car? Do you realize we represent Yellow Freight, and he's going on? I, I, I went into the hauler. I says, James, I quit. Yeah, I, I didn't. You're saying I didn't say that. Bill no, Lyons no, Bill Lyons, not mine. He's yeah. with me. Oh, and he's he's smiling because he's happy. <laughs> I, and French goes, oh, "Oh no, you don't. You ain't quitting." Look, th th this is what I was going to get at. Going back to your point, you, you and I told Dale this. I literally believe that I am here because of you, and I do. And I don't even know that you know that, or you know why. And I'll give you a couple examples. One is. I'm pretty sure I got it on good authority that I only got the job that Danielle Randall hired me to, to do that job yeah, with you Danielle. because I don't, I they were having Danielle. a hard time hiring people. Like I don't, and, and I never knew why, but I, Mis I think mis misconstrued you and your, <laughs> I don't know. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> you try, I don't even know what to do. I'm not reacting to that. Strike it from the record. So, so I, I think that people. I don't know if you were as easy on PR reps. I think I was very easy on PR reps. You were. Oh God, yeah. Everyone, R.J. Reynolds, all of them. That's true. They loved you. They all loved me because I would do anything they wanted, and I did more more than my fair. I think it goes back to the media portraying me to be a no good son of a bitch. I think people had you wrong. You know that. It, this is what I was going to say. I think people had you oh, pegged wrong, Mike. I, but, remember, but even I, remember, off the track. Do you remember I told you the story? We were racing in New England. I was racing at a track, and the guy got wrecked at another track, and he says, that goddamn Spencer wrecked me. He says, Spencer's not even here. <laughs> oh, that was last night. That's how bad it was. Yeah. So that's you, how bad. But, and I told him, I said, Mike, that's, he's, uh, do you remember when we went to Shangri-La for the... Do the, I? Do you know I the, got punched in the face at that place? In the <laughs> Hall of Fame? No, no. Do you remember this? I, I didn't know they if you remember Shangri-La. Well, they swinging it at me. Jimmy and Miss? No. Hit you? No, no. They were swinging at me. <laughs> Why? What did you say? Again, this uh, we go what to we go to we go to Shangri La. We go to t at the time it was called Tioga. What did you do to get Tioga? Punched, well, how did you get punched in the face? I'm about to tell you. This we're racing at Michigan or, or probably Watkins Glen, Watkins right? Glen. And and so you, me, and, and Tony Stewart go over to Tioga, old Shangri La, to do kind of one <laughs> of those event nights. And and Tony Stewart is racing in a couple races, and that's also a funny story because he got wrecked out of the lead. Yeah, and 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 he got to put into that stone, uh, that foam wall. Foam wall. <clears throat> and he waited on the guy. He took a big foam chunk. Do you remember this? I remember. And the guy comes by under caution, and he slams and wedges that foam piece right into this front windshield, 
And then it became this big thing. And the crowd is going crazy. Like, their people are climbing on the fences. And this is like, I'm like, what a zoo this place is. God, who would ever come here? No civilized person would ever do it. I had no idea what was about to happen. You go do autograph session out back or front or wherever it was. And if you sign for about an hour. I mean, Tony's running another race. So you sign. But eventually, we got to go. And so I cut the line. I cut the autograph line. I go stand in the, you know, whatever the end of it is. Well, some dude with a couple little girls uh, walks up, you know, when there's about three or four people left. And so we're wrapping it up. And, and he's like, now he's going to get in line. And I say, I'm cutting it. Or, uh, this is the end. He's not signing anymore. And he's like, well, I don't think so. And I'm like, well, yes, sir, I think so. And then he commits to taking a, taking a swing at me. <laughs> and that's what he's doing. <laughs> he's laughing. And so... <laughs> And now, in, in, in fairness to him, th this other guy, like, I'm probably wearing cargo pants yeah. and a polo shirt at Tioga Speedway. I probably was the most punchable oh, person there. I you, mean, you were definitely overdressed. Yeah, I probably had one of those little multicolored pins in my pocket and, and whatever. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I probably could have. Yeah. I if remember you, you did carry that multicolor pen. I know. I love that multicolor pen. And, and so what the hell is that? So I'm like, man, this place. So Tony Stewart gets in a fight. I get decked, and Jimmy's laughing, and he's just like, hey, welcome to my life. Like, welcome to my world. This, and, and he just thought it was fun. But that was that was what those years were like. It was, yeah, uh, it, was it, it was it was a lot of fun. But it was uh, let's just say I didn't fear for my safety when I went to work for Dale. <laughs> you know. How how you guys got together, right? We were we were getting ready to retire. You know, it, it wasn't going well. I blew more, more more motors up in my lifetime. Remember the serious car? Yeah. I mean, blew up at Richmond. I begged him to change the motor. I says, he says, what's the matter? I says, effing things gonna blow up. We let the hundred two hundred laps to go halfway through it, blow it up. Anyway, Mike is um, they needing some help selling the newspaper. The Winston Cup scene. Yeah, Winston you know, NASCAR scene, whatever it was called at the time. So they said, could Spencer write, you know, because people like him. Can he write a story? I said, yes. Yeah. So he comes to me with the idea. I says, Mike, I can't write a goddamn story. I'll do it for you. Just you tell me. We had, that was, Jim, yes, Hunter, so Jim Hunter said we should have made a book out of that because they were pretty awesome. So I go, that's, how, I, that's how the Budweiser lady hires Mike Davis. That, no, no, that's not true. That's <laughs> not true. That, I, I did ghostwrite that column in NASCAR scene all, every week for a year. What I think, and, and it wasn't a lady, it was Jade Gers, although a lady's name maybe, but... I, mean, I know you came to ask me for help, and I ain't going to tell you any further than the money, the money in the car. He says, this is what you do, and he goes, are you nuts? I, I said, Mike, do this. <laughs> I've got a theory. Uh, you may disagree with me, but I've got a theory. I think that actually your dust-up with Kurt Busch actually is why I got the attention, and here's why. Hold on, let me finish, because I think you're already ready to disagree with me. Remember, we You're had. You're good at what you do. We, we, hold on, though. We had the attention of Sports Illustrated that year. I know. Lars Anderson. Yeah, I know. And he was writing a story on you. However, it was only going to be on. Well, what we were told is it was only going to be on the website. He lied to us. No, no, no. He didn't lie to us. He, he didn't have any control <laughs> over that. that. He's not an editor. He didn't lie to us. But, but he had come down, and, and we'd done interviews. And so us doing Sports Illustrated was a major yeah. deal. And I'd been working on that deal, and we got the Sports Illustrated deal, but we didn't think it was going to be in the magazine. And yet, when the Michigan thing happened, and, and you uh, did what you did to Kurt, <laughs> <laughs> 
and, and maybe we talk about that here. Oh yeah, we're but, gonna talk but, about that. But, but but when you did that, that got us in the magazine. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you agree. Like that got us in the magazine. Lars Anderson said, "We ain't got to worry about websites now. We're in the we're in the big deal." And I remember that. And so when that Sports Illustrated article came out, I think Jade Gersh noticed. I like how you know did we have any business being in Sports Illustrated, Ultra Motorsports, Jim Smith, you know. Blowing up every week. Yeah, struggling. We had one. We had Michigan, one race where Pocono, I thought, holy sh. Bristol, you led a bunch of laps. Got yeah. caught under caution. caution. It, but that was the one thing. So I think, but but here it is. I look back at Mike several Eggie. things. How many I motor, th- oh my god. Go Mike Eggie was a motor builder. Yeah, but I think that Blowed that might have been di- uh, uh, unfortunate for you on how that all transpired with the Kurt Busch no, deal. I, but I, it's I certainly. Don't, I don't think so. I think that 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 deal at Michigan. Then I come to realize how how important I was to the fans. Yes. Same as you. That was the best PR work I've ever done. Ever done. You, you, I, I, you remember well, you come? I said, this is a setup, buddy. They are not going to let me race Wednesday night. Remember, I flew, we flew to freaking Bristol. I know that. We did because you're you – I had, said, you Mike, this is cut and dried. And I told them to their face. I said, you – oh, anyway. Hold on, though. But remember, like, I, I don't think you actually punched Kurt Busch because of anything that happened on the track. Let's let's get into the details. Okay, go ahead. First off, of what happened. So that's true. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like I don't know, and I'm sure a lot of people listening don't know if he ever did get punched. I don't know what happened. Oh, I that's right. Well, he came out with a bloody nose, so something happened. Don't know how that happened. He hit the steering wheel. So what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so there's stuff's going on on the racetrack. 2003 Michigan International Speedway. So there's stuff going on on the racetrack. Y'all are running over each other and banging into each other. Post-race, you're in the garage before him out of your car. What happened? <sighs> Tell me exactly it, he, what went down. He uh, The year prior, he says I wrecked him at Phoenix. Then he says that he re- he took the win off me at Bristol. He yep. tried to wreck me at Bristol. Moved you out of the way. And that was and his first win. Yeah, and and he he's lucky that day I was driving for Ganassi because if, if I was driving for myself, he wouldn't have won. But you got to do what your car owner says. You don't want to lose your job. And then the following time, it was another track. And Indy. He says, I wrecked him. I didn't even have a scratch on my car. Something broke on his car, and he, he brings me. Anyway, you hit him in Indy. Huh? It, you touched him at Indy. You ran into that. Indy, com- come on. You, you think uh, I did? You <laughs> hit him. Yes, I think you did. Pretty damn good, wasn't it? <laughs> they did not even know that. I mean, Helton, Helton come over and looked at the car. He says, Spencer, how the hell did you do that? There's not a mark on your car. Because I says, Bobby Allison taught me how to do that. So let's get. <laughs> so you are admitting it. Let's oh, get- I admit it. I spun that bitch out. So at Phoenix. <laughs> All right. No, that no, that was no, the first. I'm one. sorry. No, Michigan, you mean Michigan? Yeah, Michigan, yeah. Michigan. Now it's it's still happening. It's still going on. Yeah. Post race, you're out of your car. You're well. Tell you how it happened, bud. So we were running for the win. Yeah. He was too, and we had to pit for fuel. Well, he says he ran out of fuel. Okay. Long story short, you know how Michigan is. You have to come in the pit road. Yeah. So as we're coming, I don't know where we finished. Pissed off. Now I'm my car is here. That bastard comes down there, a 300-mile-an-hour revenous motor, cuts me off. After the race. This is in the garage. This is, this is before you get in the garage. Before well, you get in the garage. Yeah. Actually. The, oh, uh, I got you. So now, as you're coming down, down in the thing, all the trucks are lined up, and he has to turn this way, and he pretends his car's not going, and he, he wants me to hit him. 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to teach that son of a bitch a lesson. I am going to hit him. Well, Miles, no, 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 no. So he says, well, my car ran out of gas or whatever. So, you know, he blocks a whole line. He screws everybody. I get out of the car. Yep. He calls me to the car. Hey, you old bastard. That's what he said? He said, hey, you old bastard. And my friend Bobby Allison says it needs to be addressed. (laughs) So you walked up to his car. I walked up to his car. They're they're like this in the garage. I get it. I said, get out of the car. And let's just finally settle this. And I says, I'll put one hand behind my back and whip your ass. You said that to him? Yeah. So he ain't going to get out of the car. This is what he does, Dale. He calls me to the car, sitting in the car, calls me to the car. I go up to the car. He says, you old decrepit has-been, I know where your family lives. And he swings at me. But he's in the car. He's in the car. This is how stupid this person can be. All right. <laughs> I went, you stupid son of a bitch. Boom. And I saw the blood. And I went, holy <laughs> no. You coward. You know, and he would not get out of the car. He, he, he is, he is. What did he, what did he say when you hit him? He, he was shocked. And I didn't, I, I didn't really intend to, you know, I just bitch slapped him. Yeah. That's all I did. He, he ain't a man because he couldn't take a punch. It, it, was, it was just a little backhander. I know what he said after he hit What did he say? You're over. You're ended. You're done. That's right. That, That's what yeah. Kurt said when he got out of the car. You had it on tape. I also have it in my memory. I mean, <laughs> you, I, I know you leaned in there. So, so what he did is he parked in front of the lift gate. You couldn't pull your car up on the truck. No. And he parked in front of it, and he kept you because y'all were playing those games. And then when you went into the, I just remember watching this because because you go in and you're leaned in, and I just think y'all were having your conversations. I'd seen you go at Todd Bodine a couple times. I know how these things work. But when he got out with the bloody nose, I was like, oh, he hit him. And then and then Kurt Bush is like, you're done, you're over, it's over. And he went straight to the NASCAR hauler. And we went straight to your car trying to get out of the track. <laughs> we almost made it. All right. So you're... We did almost make it. <laughs> and what we happened? Were off, well, we were waiting for them to let the line go, and we're like, come on, let's get out of here. I we're, said, we're... And then I'm, the NASCAR... I, I'm laying in the back. <laughs> That's right. He, he did. was laying in we the back. We were trying to do an escape. Yeah. We were. I was Those are the good, back. important details <laughs> yeah, well, for a podcast. So, so we went... He's like, Mike, get the car. And and so <laughs> we're getting the car, <laughs> and, then we're, and then we're laying there, and we're like, come on, let the crossover thing go. Let <laughs> it go. And then finally, this NASCAR official goes. <laughs> I said, and we're like, what did NASCAR official do? <laughs> he pointed his finger. He pointed his finger. You like, get out. You coming said, with us? I said, to Mike, that's our ass. That's right. <laughs> so, y'all have to go to the hauler. Is yeah. Kurt still in there? Oh hell no, he's long gone. He gone. Who's talking to he's you? He's a Helton? coward. Who's talking to you, Helton? Helton said, "What happened?" And I told him, "There's more to the story than meets the eye." Mike, yeah. are you there? Not inside. No. I'm outside. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I'm outside Helton house. says, I told you I got to do something about this. I says, no, you don't. I says, that son of a bitch deserves what he got because he threatened my family. He threatened my family. And I remember growing up with my dad. The boys would sit there and the girls would sit there and mom would sit there. And dad said, if anything ever happens to any of these girls, I'll kill you. You protect them. It's just the way my dad was. Mm. You protected your family. And... Um, who, when he said that to me about my family, that was the end of it. And I told Helton, and Helton said, you shouldn't hit him. I says, Mike, I didn't hit him. He hit me first. He swung at me first. He missed. Yeah. I didn't that's as miss. That's good as a. That's yeah. it. That's, that's in the court of law. 
<laughs> and it didn't go to the court of law. Just that's in the court of law. If in the court of Spencer, maybe you, Mike, you swing at somebody. Oh, and oh, and I see what you're saying. Right, just I'm what saying record that never went to. They threatened. The reason I'm, I knew what he, he got. I know what he meant, but they threatened a lawsuit. Oh yeah, they they threatened, threatened a lawsuit. What? Yes. Yes. that day. Yes. Absolutely. Jack Roush was saying we're suing him. Why? Yeah. That's why I'm drawing distinction between the fact that this never actually made it to the court of law. That's okay, why I'm okay, saying okay, that. Okay, okay. So Jack comes in. He's hot as a firecracker. And I was calm. I, one thing, you want to hear the truth, I'm going to tell you the truth. So Jack's sitting there and Helton's sitting there. And I says, there's more. So Jack, I says, relax. Calm down. Blah, blah, blah. So this needs to be told. So Jack's sitting there and I tell Jack what happened. Okay. Well, Jack knows they have a run-in with, with them in the past. Yeah. So one thing leads to another. Jack takes the car home and checks it. Jimmy Finning, ironically, is his crew chief. Jack, I take off Bristol. The fans make me a hero. Mike calls me on the phone. He says, you need to listen to this. And they were ranting and raving. Jimmy Spencer, Mongo. Remember, Mike, it was... You took off... I, oh, no, no. Race. I got kicked out for the truck he, race, he, he the was bush at, race, and the cup for race. Him. Yeah. For him hitting his hand on my fist. So here's what happened. He, got, he, got, he got fined. And, Let me or, rephrase that. For his face hitting yeah. my So he was going to miss Bristol the next week. He did miss yeah. Bristol. We went to Bristol early to try to appeal it and, and lost the appeal. And um, How did you lose the appeal? Because oh, never had a chance. I really? Mean, like, yeah. Come right. on, Dale. Yeah, that, that back then people weren't winning appeals, but um, I'm just so it used probably. Dale, you're used to winning appeals. Seems like pretty easy. Uh, I'm, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He won an appeal just a few weeks yeah. ago. So uh, awesome. Well, I think I think I think NASCAR's changed some over the years. <laughs> but I, I believe in my – I know from listening that, hey, they took the one up for me at Daytona. I believe back then they were, there was, they were either – you were either going to be guilty or not. Yeah, you had a target on your back. Here's one of the things. You had a I'm, reputation. But, and then everything that had happened between y'all. Yeah. Here's That's one of true. the things I'm most proud of, though, is that – so you just heard Jimmy. And I've always had this here. I've always been curious, but I've, I always felt like the only reason you did punch him was because of him parking where he parked and the things no. that happened off the track. Well, I knew things had escalated, Jimmy. I get that. But I'm just saying, like, that day, because you and I, when we talked on the airplane going back, I was like, what, what, I mean, why did you hit him? And you're like, you parked in front of my truck. You see that, didn't you? And I'm like, is that really why you did it, though? I mean, is that it? I, I, but, I told Helton and them the same thing. I said, you, Jack was sitting there, and I said, first of all, he threatened my family. See, I didn't know that. And I told Jack, I said, you know what, cut both my hands off. I'll still figure a way of kicking your ass or doing something about it. Because that's the way I was raised with my dad. And that got Jack's attention. I got you. But, but let, me, let me do this. I somehow got my hands on the in-car radio. Yeah, you did. And it's Kurt Busch saying, I tried to wreck him, yep. but I'm not, I guess I'm just too good of a guy. And he's talking to Jimmy Finnig on the radio. Now, this is before NASCAR's track pass and all that stuff. And so, you know, I don't even recall how I got the radio. But what I did with it is I sent it to Dave Despain for Wind Tunnel. Yep. And I said, look, you want to know why Jimmy wrecked him or why Jimmy hit him? Because he was admitted that he had to he was trying to take Jimmy out in the race that's why and I was hoping that they wouldn't ask any follow-up questions to me because honestly it was all BS because I did there, there's no way Jimmy could have known what Kurt Busch was saying on the radio during a race right? right I mean certainly not at that time 
But I put that to, to Dave Despain. They play it, and man, it was just sit back and watch what happens because then you all of a sudden the fans became big time. Like like they well, that that hurt a, was the the uh, enemy in that deal. Yeah, and, and and what hurt more than anything, Mark Martin calls me on the phone Thursday. Teammate, teammates with Kurt at the time. Of the yes, sir, Dale. And he says, Spence, he says, I need you to come to the motorhome tomorrow night. Okay. So we, we go to Darlington. Nothing happens. We, we, t- we totally didn't address. It was over with because it was over. I, I missed Bristol. Had a chance of winning all three races. We miss it. Really missed it bad because I knew the truck was good. I knew the bush car finished in the top five and the cup car finished in the top five. I was really pissed off because I knew I was way better than the driver that was in it. But anyway, Jack... Roush wants to meet me at Mark's bus. Oh. This is the two weeks after yeah. the incident. So Jack comes in. He's late. He comes in. Mark says, I'll leave you guys alone. I says, no, you can sit here, Mark. It doesn't matter. And Mark and I were good friends. And Jack comes in. He says, I'm sorry for what happened at Michigan. Mm. And I went, Jack, you know, I told you there was more to the story. Met the eye. He says, well, I went... Checked the car out. He lied. He, he lies all the time. He lied to me. Blah, blah, you know, one thing leads to another. And uh, I mean, accept my apology. I said, we need to tell the media. I can't do that. Think about it from my side. <laughs> 2,000 employees, whatever, all my sponsors. But you got me personally. You and I personally know that. <sighs> I, I accepted it. And it hurts because the fans didn't know how bad that driver was. He's a terrible driver. Got fired from Roush, got fired from Pets, got fired from everywhere he worked. I mean, all truthfulness. Your old man told me one time, if he fingers me one more time, Spencer, I'm going to break his hand off and stick it up his ass. <laughs> he never learned. He never learned. He, hell, he's a hell of a race car driver. But, you, never, you know, Darrell Waltrip always says, you got to learn how to race. you got to learn. It's respect. He has no respect in the garage area. Your dad had respect, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Gordon. You did. I mean, you had respect, and he never did. And when you look over his career, what happened? Well, Jack was the one that told me that. Mark, same way. And he gets fired at the end of the year. So, but then he gets, Roger Pesky comes. Jimmy. I said, yeah, Roger. Mr. Pesky, Roger. You and me are going to get to the bottom of this. I'm going to get this settled. I says, until somebody says they're sorry, can't accept their apology. You can't. I'm going to get it done. He never did. I flew home with Roger from Atlanta. And he said, you know, Spencer, he's just not. He's a hell of a race car driver, but he's just not quite the person that I, I forget how Roger explained it. Sure. He fired Roger fired him. Yeah, years later. Right? Yeah. Or well, several it, years later, right. Yeah, he gets fired because yeah. he sent dumb <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he can't drive, but he just you know what I'm trying to get at? You oh, just Lord. don't you, you, Has he gotten better? Did I wreck you because you wrecked me at Richmond? No. Did, you know what so I'm, the funny thing is, is we actually ended up in a back of a pickup truck like the next week. Really? Isn't that how oh, it works? That right? It always never fails. It never fails. You run over fails. a guy, you're going to be in the pickup truck for intros the next week. Yeah. And Did, I said, hey, Jimmy, I didn't have any brakes. And he's like, all right, don't worry about it. I was like, had some problems with my brakes that night. Got yep. in the corner too deep, run over you. Nobody goes out there with the attention and wrecking yeah. anybody, right? I mean, in all truthfulness, you don't. I mean, it's the way you raced. Yeah. Hold on a second. Okay, say that again. Nobody goes out there. I never went out there with the intention. Intention to wreck him. To wreck him. Did you develop an intention during the race? After the race. And before the, oh, yeah. I was taught that if 
you couldn't pass him, then you finished wherever. But if he tried to do that or he bumped you, you bump him back. They give you hard. a reason. Right. Yeah. Give him a reason. If you, if you got And him. make sure that he knows. <laughs> Dude, knowing now how, how much he remembers every little incident that happened to him over all these years, I don't know that that back of the pickup truck conversation would have been enough <laughs> for me to feel good about the situation. I, it's enough for me. That's all I need. Well, good. I mean, yeah. glad it's I just, you know. I respect the people. I, I respected how hard, you know, like when you started in the Bush series, you, you guys were fast. Yeah. And, and, and. You had good stuff. Had a good team. And I knew it. And you know why I knew it? Because earlier I had drove the car for your dad. Yeah. And I realized how good your bro- your to the two boys were, the two yeah. guys were. And the same thing. But you know, as 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 NASCAR changed rules and changed stuff, I think they lost their way on some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like going back to Sonoma with the fenders. Sh- they they needed to say, wait a minute. You know, I remember sitting there with John Darby, and, and they were cocking the rear ends and stuff and cambering them. And I says, listen, if nobody has it, nobody has an advantage. So if you just say no, then nobody has it. But they didn't. Oh, we can control it. No, you can't. That's like leaving one ant in the freaking room and wonder what happened a week later when there's 10 million ants. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a hell of a metaphor, but it's the truth. Once one guy, the, the sport polices itself. And I remember sitting in, in one day with a bunch of engineers, and, and, and I was in the meeting with NASCAR. They said, you don't know what you're talking about. I says, no, but I pulled a tape measure out of my pocket. I says, no one is smarter than me when I have that tape measure. <laughs> it's the truth. And, and I think that NASCAR is really, like right now, I think they got a pretty decent package, but I also think that they've lost a lot of fans because of... I think a lot of it's the personalities. Thank God they got Kyle, both Kyle Larson, you know, the kid you got. Uh, Gregson. Oh, I Noah. like Gregson. He's yeah. fast, but no. He won the truck race up at Bristol there. Oh, Sam Mayer. Mayer. Oh, Sam Mayer. You like him. I like that Really? Guy. I right. told Rick Kennedy a, couple, a while back that you need to hire Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick. Tyler's good. Tyler's very good. And unfortunately for Childress, I don't think his organization's where it needs to be right now. But Tyler's a hell of a race car driver. Yeah. And Christopher Bell's coming around. But Christopher, I think, has got some messes in his head. He has to get his head screwed on straight, in my opinion. You follow it. You I, still follow I, I, it. I do, Dale, yeah. It was a hell of a race Saturday night. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What, yeah. what are you doing? Gardening. Gardening. Yeah, I got some tomatoes. I was watering my tomato plants this morning and... <laughs> I'm Where just, do you live? I live down there in, in Huntersville, and I, I bought a, a little place. My wife found it t- about 10, 12 years ago, and I said, that's going to be a good place for us to retire. So we retired, sold everything we had a couple years ago. My sister changed my life, Chrissy, you know. And uh, How did that change your life? You know, Dale, I, she protected me all she could. And it's, ironically, Chrissy knew how I was. So Chrissy and, and, and Bush's girl that was her PR person were best friends. And she would fly home with me on the airplane. 
And Chrissy would say something. She said, Jimmy doesn't care. Just don't bring anything up. When, when, when that, with the Jimmy racing's over when you, it, it's over when it's over. When we leave the track, it's over. Mm-hmm. So you don't call people. You'd get better the following week. And, uh, you know, Chrissy had, didn't have a lot of money. And, but, you know, boy, nobody could say anything wrong about her brother. And, you know, one day we were, I was doing the TV, and I went over to her house, and she was trying to fix her little house up in Enochville. And, you know, my wife said something, and I said, this is what we need to do. So we did it. And then I had three guys come over one day, and I said, we'll put a new hardwood floor down, 500 bucks. 500 bucks. Think about that. Peanuts. And baby, but she came in there at 5 o'clock that night. And uh, that smile. The smile was, uh, never. I can't get it out of my head. So told Pat, Friday I had to leave to go to Indianapolis. Friday night I get a call. You sitting down, honey? I said, yeah, babe, what's up? Chrissy's got ovarian cancer and died uh, January 9th. And, uh, but that 500 bucks, 500 bucks, God dang, that was peanuts to me. And I took care of my sister, but I, you never, I never probably did enough. I did, I don't know how to explain it, but it was like, you know what, the moral of the story for me was, if 500 bucks could change a person's life that much, mm. why you keep doing what you're doing? And I said to Pat, I says, I remember my buddy telling me, when's enough enough? When's enough money enough? Enjoy life. Quality of life. And um, when I had bought the farm over there in Huntersville, I said, Pat, we're going to build Chrissy house here. And, and when I mow my grass, I think about it. I said, Chrissy, this is where your house would have been. And never happened. But uh, I, I, I lost interest in everything. I lost interest in TV. I lost interest in everything. Then, then the Lord blessed us with some grandbabies. And now I play with the grandbabies so much. Them suckers dig. Oh, my God. We were gardening. And, and, they, and I got a picture here of them digging. And it's Poppy. Poppy How old are they? Uh, Hudson is four years old. And... Uh, that, that I ride around in the Jeep at the farm with my, that's, that's my man, Nolan. You could look at some of the pictures. That's all my kid, grandkids. And I have an old Jeep, and he yeah. goes, Poppy's Jeep. But four, four, two and a half, and two, two and a quarter, whatever you want to call it. Perfect. And they dig. Look in there, Mike. You'll see them digging in my garden. Them suckers dig all the time, Poppy. So I built a new umbrella so that I could keep the shade, you know. I mean, it's it's just it's it's cool, and that's what I have them 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 three them guys right now, and you know the the Lord works in mysterious ways. Your mom always would tell you, you know, you you, you just your dad was a minister, just mm-hmm. like you with Sarah and the two girls, and to me, everybody would say, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you bring up about Jack Rush? Why didn't you? Why did you drive for Travis so long? Why? You know, it was because of the friends. It was because of the people that I knew. I missed NASCAR more than anything for the officials, but now they don't have the officials. Mm. Jim Hunter, Bill France. I mean, remember Jim uh, from from Yellow Freight? Mm-hmm. Remember that day we were doing that autograph deal? I mean, I, you know, the the sponsors loved the sport. And and I, I loved, I mean, I think back to Bristol with Steve Smith, his father, Jack. I mean, oh, my God. Uh, you know, and I have so many friends, and it, it just, it's, that's the memories I have. It's so special. 
And nobody could ever say that I screwed him. Nobody could ever say, hey, he, he effed me out of money, or he, he, he did this wrong, or I lied to him. I never lied to anybody. And that's probably what got me in trouble. That's probably what got me in trouble. I, I mean, it's hard to, hard to argue with that. I mean, I think that that's the thing. Is Jimmy's always been the most transparent to a fault, honest guy. All my own fault. And, 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 uh, but, but to be honest with you, when people critique the sport today, it's sort of the first thing that people miss about it is that there's nobody that really just calls it like they see it for better or worse. And you, and I'm curious about you because if do you wish that you would have been different, or do you? I mean, it's it's almost a catch twenty two. You, it caused you a lot of caused you a lot of grief, and yet people sit there and say that that's what the sport needs. Man, what an almost impossible position to be in. You know, I remember Ray Abraham coming to me and asking me to talk to Casey Kane. And Bill was there, and Bill said, how about talking to him? So we go in the bus, and the, I, I used to tell him that the biggest problem that I have is I try to go as fast as I can go every single lap. And I, I would tell him that that is the worst thing you can do because you only can drive your car as fast as you can. In my modifieds, I, I knew how far I could go, and I never went over it. And that's why we won a lot of races and championships. But when I come down here, I always felt like him that Saturday night when he won. Son of a bitch, I didn't have a good enough car, and I was upset and frustrated. I was like, if I had, this, if I had that damn car, I could win the race. And it, 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 it escalated. That's why I love driving for Finch. Hmm. You know, it's like we, we won two in a row at, at – at Richmond, we're win going for the third one, going to win it. And they had invented tubular U-bolts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I go to pull out, and the U-bolt breaks. And Darby, <laughs> they call me in the hauler the next day. Got the piece set in there. And I says, Wow. Cool, man. <laughs> that was some ingenuity right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I said, he says, you know whose car that come out of? I says, I guess it come out of mine because that's why I'm here. I'm not stupid. Do you realize what would have happened if that happened on the racetrack? Yeah, I said, I'd hit the wall pretty hard. And he goes, yeah, that's my point. This is stupid. There's nothing we could do about it. But do you realize it's up to you to do something about it? I said, oh, hell no. Hell no. He came into pit. And they jacked him up. Oh, yeah. And then he gets up. When they, when they dropped the jack. The car set the car, on the ground. The car comes down. And the whole bottom. <laughs> I the remember. Bottom just went up and pieces went everywhere. And Jimmy gets out of the car laughing. Spring fell out of it. Oh, yeah. Everything. <laughs> it just went everywhere. <laughs> and hollowed out you both. Reno was pretty good. He was. There's been a lot of Mark Reno stories. So are you purposely laying low? People feel like you've been kind of off the grid. Yeah. Are you just kind of. Are, For somebody it, that was full of color and all kinds of opinions. You have been pretty quiet here the last several years. You know, Dale, I saw it, I saw it starting when I was doing TV. We, our TV show, you know, Kenny Wallace, I love him, man. And he says, Spence, we're not the water cooler talk anymore. Kenny had a saying about Monday morning, the water cooler talk. And I remember, I don't carry grudges. I remember that Steve Burns, God rest his soul, what a great guy. Worked for Speed. And we were doing some stuff, and I said, Steve, you know, I've had my run-ins with this guy, but I, I think he needs a story. He, I think he needs a story. Kurt Busch. So then we would play the segments where he would curse people 
he would lose his temper like no tomorrow, and, and that would cost him the race. So we, Steve helped me, and we had some great people at Speed. And they, we did this piece for three or four days. We worked on it off and on, not eight hours straight. Sure. And, it, and the piece came out freaking awesome. Burns says, man, Spence, that son of a bitch is going to be awesome. So we talked about his progression in the sport, becoming a champion, and, but how bad he was with your dad fingering him. With NASCAR, telling the officials to lick my sweaty <laughs> You know, go down the list, cursing Mr. Penske. All this stuff. And I played it all out. But yet, he's finally, like, found his way. Sure. Stop the story there. Mr. Hendrick and Bill France are sitting in the hauler. They call me to the hauler because they knew I had a run-in with Kurt. This is after Kyle breaks the trophy at Nashville. I go into the hall. I say, guys, what, 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 what's going on? We need your help. There's a couple people I really respect in the sport. Those two are making up the top. Rick says, you know, he says, you saw what happened. I says, yeah. He says, could you, like, do us a favor and do me a favor and try to talk to this guy? And Bill says, you know, he's running the truck. Race. I said, okay, I'll take care of it, guys. You know, explain to him, Bill says. Explain to him what you went through. Explain to him how this sport works. So I went to, to the hauler that Thursday night or whatever at Texas, and I talked to him, but it didn't get through, evidently, because Mr. Pe Mr. Hendrick fired him later on. But getting back to that, so I'm proud of this story. So I'm in the TV thing, and, and I'm talking about it, and the door pops open. You know, when you have the door that says, don't enter, because you're taping, and the guy comes in, and I'm not going to mention his name. He's, whoa, what the hell are you doing? I have this guy coming on to show tomorrow for the new ride for Chip Ganass. I mean, for 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 uh, Stuart Haas racing, blah 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 blah. And I said, whoa, 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 calm down, dude, calm down. No, you been you you had a hard on. I says, no, I'm telling you the truth. And then the story never aired, but it was a hell of a story, hell of a story. And and you know, he started telling me what I had to say. They started telling me I can't. I see. The, the, the drivers would say, oh, I'm not talking to Spencer. All right, a great one was Jeff Green. He was driving for Mr. Haas. He was doing crap. And I brought the statistics up. There they are. It, it, you know? And, oh, he jumps all over speed. You gosh, cursing him, everything else under the sun. They says, hey, you can have a shot at Spencer next week. No problem. I had my story straight. I had my notes. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Roberts is sitting there, and, and Teddy Lukaita says, now, Jeff, remember, this is live. Okay? You be careful, because Jimmy's not going to do nothing. Okay, just be, okay, so he gets on. So Johnny brings it up. He strings it up, and I says, okay. He, he, I, I throw him a question. I go, okay, Dale, you're in charge of Rick Kendrick Motorsports. Monday morning, what's the first thing you do? He didn't know what the hell to say. He goes, what would you do? I said, fire you. Mm. And he was just in awe. Johnny Roberts go, you know, just, you know, he didn't have a. Vickers threatened to sue me. Brian? Because, oh, yeah. And I like Brian. <laughs> he threatened to sue me. And I'm over like. Over something you said? Yeah. It was the truth. I forget what it was over. Then, you know, another one was. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Keselowski. Brad? Yeah. He, he threatened not to come on the show. He hit you with the pie. Oh, yeah, well, that, that how about awesome. Biffle giving me a black yes. eye? Biffle never gave me a black eye. 
but we we played the part. Sure. It became very scripted, is what you're saying. Like everything was scripted. Well, but that was that was fun scripted back then. Yeah. I wanted to get off the road. Chrissy had passed away. I wanted to get off the road. I, I was I was tired of traveling, you know. And I said, you know, I, I prepared for retirement to to where when my sister did that. Like I I I miss this. Yeah. I don't know about you, but me, I'd be out there. I said, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. What are, what are you doing in that car? Let, let's figure this out. How, how can we get better? I miss that. I, 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 I miss the guys. But, you know, and that's what happened in the TV gig. It was like, it just kept compounding, compounding, compounding. And I was like, if you're going to tell me what I got to say, you don't need me here no longer. Mm. I quit. They said, you can't quit. You got a contract. I says, listen, I quit. And they, then they said, no, we're gonna, you're going to do this. And then quit at the end of the year. So I quit. I miss it because the fans wanted to hear your side of the story. And when the drivers would come on, I remember Jamie McMurray. I had to tell him he was right. He wanted me to eat crow. Yeah. And I ate, you know, I did it. Just like when you, I wanted to show you how to get to the winner's circle. It was intended to be fun. Yes. Because you had so many damn followers. You don't Oh, man, at this, <laughs> po- at this point, it's okay. <laughs> he, gets, he gets worked up. He, yeah, he wind him up and let him go. <laughs> you do not realize how many people at our stage, you're Elvis. Did and, they give you a hard time for what you said? Oh, hell no. No? No. Oh, they'd holler at me. All in all, a lot of them would say, he's going to get in where I, I know he is. I mean, I, I would t- try to explain that. Look at Penske. Last year they, they they were okay, but look at look at Haas and 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 and, and the Gibbs cars were hauling ass. Well, this year they can't find hell. They can't hit the broadside of a barn door. But yet Hendrick this year is Jesus mighty. Hendrick is flying. Oh, yeah. What have they found? They found something. Mm-hmm. And, and and the bottom line is, is they got two of the best. I remember Bill France always telling me <laughs> Chevrolet ha- always will have the best drivers. Really. Yes, sir. Bill France said Chevrolet would always have the best drivers. Bill Elliott. <laughs> Bill Elliott. <laughs> what the heck? When, when Bill Elliott made up two laps at Talladega, I wasn't in the Cup Series. He embarrassed Bill France. Bill France carried that for a long time. And I'm good friends with Bill. But let me tell you something. Chase Elliott's a race car driver, buddy. Kyle Larson's a race car driver. For sure. And if you don't produce at Hendricks, what do you do? You get moved out. Where do you want to go from there? <laughs> He got hurt. I, I know well, you. No. I, I know what you're talking about because I got hurt many times. And, and I'm gonna tell you what it scares. Oh, you talking about Dale? You're damn right. Yeah. It scares the <laughs> out of you. I stuck up for him like no tomorrow because I know that I have problems to this day about it. Did you have concussions? Holy Jesus! <laughs> Broke my helmet more than once. Did no you really? Joke. Yeah. You know. You always wore that open face helmet. You, listen. Yeah. Do you know that? Remember when you were walking down a set of steps, you feel like you were gonna fall? Yeah. It scared the I fell down to the ground. Pat, Pat, I'm holding on. What's the matter, honey? What's the matter? I says, you can't believe this, but I feel like I'm going to fall. So she helped me whittle down the steps. I went to see Doc Petty. Then I went to see Dr. Branch. He said, hey, buddy, you rang that bell. So I know I'm going to have Alzheimer's or whatever they call it. You think so? Yeah, Mike. Dang, that's sad. I'm 64, and I I, I notice it now. You do? Yeah. I don't. You you are pretty daggum sharp. You remember details right now, Jimmy. That I can't. I swear yeah. to God, I can't remember what happened last I, week. I, li- I lived well, racing, that, Mike, so much. It's etched in my memory. I mean, that's everybody. I mean, everybody's, yeah. So you, got, you remember? You, you hang on to the past memories. That's easy. It's the it's 
what happened in the last six last months. Se- last, yeah. last, is that right? It's impossible very, to remember. Very true. I can remember beating him at – he beat me. Come the, We were doing good at Richmond, and the word got out that he was going to kick our ass. Remember? Dale Earnhardt? Dale Earnhardt was going to kick your ass? Yep. <clears throat> On the racetrack. See, oh. everybody thinks automatically it's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> See? You, you, you know, I went to New England, and, and that's how I got my bad <laughs> reputation because I said, you are upset because I came and kicked your driver's ass. I'm just trying to think, what did you do to call him and get him to kick and your ass? And he come, Tony, Tony, Tony. Would you ever call him, junior, senior? Well, was, which one? It was both. Yeah. I, I know, but which – I always just called him senior or junior, right? Yeah, that don't work. Junior. They came, they kicked my ass. I, I thought I had him beat, and he had better brakes. We was on a Willwood deal, and that's when Willwood come out with some new brakes. And, buddy, he just outbroke me. I was like, son of a bitch, he got me. I beat. And you ended up winning the race. There's a pretty car. I don't even know who was on the car. It's a Friday night race, I think, at, at Richmond. Richmond. It was well, you liked Gossamer? Richmond. You were like me. Was it that Gossamer uh, Looney Tunes car? Yeah, I think it was Looney Tunes. It, was, it kicked uh, our butts. Yeah. Remember that, Mike? I, I, that, was yeah. a dro- that was a drop snout hutch. That's a bitch was fast. It was very fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was fast. Well, man, God, we got to get, we got to I mean, end this. Yes. One o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I missed lunch. <laughs> I still need to take you to the shop because there's people that want to see you. There are two things. All right. Wow. Jimmy missed lunch. Um, that's, that's when you know you got a good podcast when he's talk when he missed a meal. And when Mike, when Mike Davis described working with me as normal. After working with you, <laughs> <laughs> I know that working with me was nothing, anything, well, but, anything but normal. But finish that real quick, because like I said, you know, because until I worked for you, I thought it was normal that they just send the PR guy up to spot during a race. Yeah. I, you know, I got, I had I spotted for Jimmy. I'm wondering why you didn't win those races because you had the best spotter. But the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, but like like the, oh, the things man. that we we got put into, like I they didn't told, know that that was not yeah. what most people do. They I gave, thought PR people get sent to the to the to the roof to spot. They gave I, Mike terrible. A, they gave Mike a radio at Sonoma, Sonoma. one year. Said go spot, and he didn't know where to go, so he went to the media center, the only place he had access, and spotted you from the media center, sitting next to Lee Spencer, Lee Spencer eating a sandwich. I, I, <laughs> here, here was one of my calls, and we can end on this. I'm spotting that hairpin at Sonoma, that last turn yeah. before you come back. Love that him. was my corner, right? I've never been there, by the way. So yeah. this, again, I, this is my normal. And I come in here, and there's a huge wreck down there, and Jimmy's coming in. I'm like, wrecking, wrecking, get in, how, ooh. <laughs> That's funny. And that was my call. <laughs> and Jimmy gets on the radio and goes, Mike, you just be quiet. I'm going to, I got this. <laughs> and so he's, he told the spotter, just shut up. Let me, yeah. I'll just figure it out myself. <laughs> I, I know you're saying no, Mike, but you got to admit, we, oh. had good, we had good times. Y'all had a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun. It Whether was you fun. won or lost, the one thing that I'll take away, I wish that I became, you're not supposed to, I wish I had spent more time with a lot of the drivers. I never was really big friends because that's where I was raised. But I missed the time with your dad. And, you know, like, I, I know I see, I was good friends with Harvick. And, I, I, you know, Jimmy Johnson called, quick story. So I'm at my house and a phone rings. And I was doing TV and Jimmy Johnson had a run in with the other one we were talking yeah. about. So Jimmy says, Spence, he says, do you remember Indianapolis? And I said, yeah. He says, you got to learn how to do that. You know, how did you do that? And I, I was trying to explain it to him. And I said, Jimmy, time out, bud. I says, listen, he, 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 you 
don't want to step down to his level. And I said, why would you want to, to do that? Because he, he wrecked himself trying to wreck him. And anyway, Jimmy said, you're right. I said, Jimmy, move on. I said, you're a damn champion. You're a five-time champion, whatever. I said, don't even think, don't even think about that. And he did. So, I, you know, when you, when you get a phone call from somebody, you know, it's pretty special. Yeah. So that's stuff that I had. And I never really talked about a whole lot because I admired him. I mean, he was in the best equipment that ever could make it ask. That's like these guys don't realize the equipment they're in, Dale. Mm-hmm. These Bush guys don't realize the equipment they're in. This new driver, these guys don't have a clue. The brakes, the transmissions, the rear end gears, the motors don't blow up. If I had that crap, we blew up seven or eight motors. And <laughs> Holy hell. Blew up. Oh, my God. Forget about it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Jimmy, thanks for coming on the show. It's been as good as I hoped it'd be. It's been nice to learn about y'all's relationship. It's good to see you again. You too, buddy. In, in person. And I uh, hope your gardening goes well, buddy. I'll bring you some. You like tomatoes? I love I love food, any kind. Oh, my yeah. tomatoes are right with the best. Take the tomatoes. You take these sweet 100s. And you t- pick them fresh from the vine, and you put them in a freezer bag, and you put enough for you and your wife to have supper. And then you take those things, and you put them in the freezer. Then you put some onion garlic, a whole nine yards in the middle of the wintertime. You take them suckers out and put them in the thing, and as they thaw, they're making the sauce and squish them with a squisher. It's as good as sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Spencer on the Dale Jr. Download. All right, we are live. Well, we finally made it to my favorite part of the show. Ask Junior brought to you by Xfinity. Let's hear some questions that you guys sent Xfinity Racing on Twitter. So go ahead, Leah. First question from Higgy. How much of a difference is there in prep and execution for lead hosting versus being the color commentator on a broadcast? Uh, Well, I will just say this. like They told me I was going to host... With Brad Paisley, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be super nervous because when you're hosting, you're the one that starts the show. Hey, welcome everybody to Nashville Super Speedway. You got to know where you're at, what you're there for, and you got to really present this moment as this very important thing and and talk about how special this race is and all that. You know, you see Mike Tirico and people do that, and it seems so effortless. But when you're put in that position at that table and, and you got to just kick it into gear, and the other part, too, is is you'll have the producer in your ear and you're sitting next to whoever you're working with, and they'll go, all right, send it to commercial. Well, you have to have a thought in your mind to go, all right, you, you know, we'll, we'll be right back after the break. But you can't say that every single time. You've got to have different creative ways to send it to break and then bring it back from commercial, right? So what I did was... I went and watched a lot of Countdown to Greens on YouTube. Chris Devota was uh, amazing at hosting Countdown to Green for years for NBC. So I really literally sat there and listened to every word she said during the show and wrote down some of the interesting things and ways she sent this, you know, sent them to commercial or brought them back and just ways she interacted with the people she's working with. So that was really, really helpful. And I miss working with Krista. She was amazing. And so, you know, I felt a little bit better after doing that, I went into the production meeting on Saturday morning before the Xfinity race, and I got the production sheet on, uh, basically they hand you a sheet that's basically, all right, at, eight, you know, at 2 o'clock, we're coming on air, and this is what's going to happen, and this is who's speaking, and this is 
what they're going to talk about. And my name was at the top of the list. I didn't know I was doing Countdown to Green for the Xfinity race. I didn't until like an hour before. And I about threw up. And so a second later, after I got over that, <laughs> that, that nausea, I was like, no, 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 this is a good thing. It's a quick 20-minute countdown to green before Xfinity, and it'll, it'll give me a test run, you know, for tomorrow so I don't go in tomorrow completely without any reps. So, I, I, man, when I watch TV before all this, before I actually started doing it, I, I never thought any of that was hard or looked at it like, oh, that must be difficult, or, man, I bet those guys are nervous, or, or look how well they sent it to commercial. You know, you don't think about those things. It just seems effortless. But when you, sit, when you, get, through, when you get thrown into that position – for the first time, you're like, ah! And so it was really scary. Plus, plus you're sitting next to Brad Paisley's icon, right? And that makes you, I mean, I'm nervous around celebrities. I don't care uh, what I've done in my own life, but I'm nervous around them. And uh, so working with him was great. He was he was super into it. So uh, that adds to the anxiety a little bit. But once you, I think once you get that first, that introduction out of the way, because I had this thing that I, that I, I had all these, you know, where we're at, the town we're in, our proximity to Nashville downtown, the name of the race, Ally 400, luckily it was a simple name, who my co-host is. As soon as you sort of get all that information out of the way, it's home, you know, it's, then you're just, you know, then it's really more nothing scripted from that point on. So it was, uh, I loved it. I don't know that I'll get to host anymore. If I do, I do. I don't ask for it. They don't. Harley, like I told you, they don't they don't tell you when you're doing it sometimes until <laughs> like the morning of the show. But uh, I guess you know, man. If, if the funny thing is, is if this happened ten years ago, I would have I'd have jumped up out of here and ran the other way without saying a word, and you'd have never seen me again. But now I'm like allowing myself, I guess, to go into these uncomfortable places and just seeing what happens and sink or swim. Next question from Blake McCandless. After your big iRacing win in the prelims of the Firecracker 400, how do you feel about uh, the whole thing? Maybe explain exactly what that is for yeah, people that Blake, may not know. Blake is a great guy. Um, works with uh, – I race with him on iRacing a little bit, so thanks, Blake, for, for sending in your question. Parker Klingerman and Landon Castle have an e-racer, sort of an e-sports for iRacing. They have like a business where they – they are the promoters for big racing events on iRacing. And they have one coming up in the next couple of weeks called the Firecracker 400. It is a big deal. There's over 400 people that sign up. They pay $25 a piece to sign up to try to race for 88 spots that will eventually try to qualify for the 40-spot starting grid. So it's kind of like the $25 doesn't guarantee you a, a spot in the race. you got to sort of whittle, get whittled down to – from 425 contestants to 40. Anyways, I, I made it into the eight, the top 88. So I think uh, tomorrow is qualifying, and we'll we'll see who gets locked into the top 20 in first round qualifying. But it's a pretty fun thing that happens on iRacing. Blake is part of the broadcast. He's one of the he's a pit road reporter for <laughs> for this. It's really cool. So uh, he does a great job. Next question from Jordan Simony. I hope I said that correctly, Jordan. Um, where would you rank Nashville Super Speedway amongst the current intermediate tracks after what you saw last weekend? So Eric Moses, the president at the track, NASCAR, man, I was blown away. I tried to articulate that the best way I could throughout the you know broadcast and and on social media. But I'll be honest, you know, I was not uh, I was not too excited about 
NASCAR going to the super speedway. I, you know, judging what the races look like, you know, a decade ago and the difficulties with crowds and so forth and how far it was in proximity to downtown Nashville. I was, and you know, I love the fairgrounds and you know, I'm, everybody knows I'm trying to push to try to figure out how to, how NASCAR can, can return to the fairgrounds. So I've been working real hard with that sort of message for years and I wasn't about this. I wasn't into it. Didn't think it was going to be good. The track was dormant and rough looking and in bad shape. I got, I had, I had to apologize to Eric and his team because I wasn't supportive and I should have been. So I, we get to the racetrack and I'm driving into the tunnel. It's amazing. The, everything's got a fresh coat of paint on it. The grass is perfectly manicured. There's not anything out of place. There's not a, there's not a, tick of rust on a fence there's nothing it looks brand new this whole racetrack and so we're pulling into the tunnel and the tunnel's massive and i'm thinking wow this place looks amazing we pull up in there into the bus lot everything's lined up smooth everything's just everything's organized this garage is here this garage is here all the roads look great they'd repaved the whole apron and pit road they painted the walls uh, you know i went into the media center they had redone the entire interior and fixed and cleaned up everything. I mean, it took a ton of work to go to every space, interior, exterior, facility, grandstands, suites, the TV booth. Everything got a remake. It was amazing, right? So the place looked great. That was impressive enough. They were, whether by luck or just you know, their own their smarts or whatever, they put this resin down on the track because they were having trouble with the track taking rubber in the test. They actually had to come back and do two tire tests to, to make sure that the tire was durable enough. This resin speeds up the ability of the track to take rubber. And so this track was just taking rubber, taking rubber, and the groove widened way out in the, in the Xfinity race. And it was great in the cup race too. And I'm like, holy moly, man. I mean, everything that fit, needed to fall into place, everything that you were you hoped would happen, happened. You had an amazing place, giant crowd, traffic for miles. I mean, I know nobody loves sitting in traffic, but I mean, after everything we've been through in the last two years with uh, declining numbers and, and pandemic, and I mean, it was amazing to have some traffic. It was, the track was great. The, the cars raced great. We had good drama in the race, a pretty fun, entertaining race. I couldn't believe it. So I am still absolutely 100% huge fan of figuring out a way for NASCAR to return to the fairgrounds. But it is, without a doubt, very possible, no problems. I see no hurdles for both of those two facilities to function in the same calendar year for NASCAR. No problem at all. And so I think this Nashville Super Speedway jumped, leapfrogged several other racetracks in my mind in terms of where I'd want to go and see a race. Not only are you going to be able to see a great race with a wide racetrack, multiple grooves, passing opportunities and so forth, but you got the town of Nashville just 28 miles away to downtown Broadway where you're going to have a blast on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. And so it's a... I think it's one of the best tickets now. Immediately, I mean, it just come out, you know, immediately becomes one of the best tickets on the circuit uh, going forward. All right. One more question quickly uh, from Brian Gash. Last week, you talked about your barbecue grill. What's your favorite thing to barbecue? Um, also, do you have a favorite barbecue place from when you've traveled? Um, rendezvous, I think, in 
Memphis is my favorite place to eat barbecue. They have this dry rub ribs. It's amazing. And every I, I, from the first time I went in there, they, they it's just a great atmosphere. They got great service. It's a happy place. I've just always enjoyed it. I would get them to ship me ribs. You can get Rendezvous to, to mail you their dry rub ribs. And I took that rub and use it on all kinds of other stuff too. But um, so Rendezvous is probably one of my favorites. I'm sure there's others out there that I'm forgetting, but because I've been to so many good barbecue places over the years, my favorite thing to probably eat is ribs. I'm not great at cooking them, but my favorite thing in, to eat is ribs. And probably my favorite thing to cook is brisket because I feel like I do that better. When you're cooking barbecue and you know you're probably you're not very good at ribs, you have a little anxiety and it's a long process. So you got that, you know, you're like, oh, is this going to be good or not? But with brisket, I can relax and enjoy it because I feel pretty confident in the way I can do that. All right. That's it for today. So that's some great questions. And one of our network partners ought to look into Blake canless as a pit reporter someday let do a truck race or something all right ask junior always goes by too fast man i want to make a whole show of just ask junior what do you think mike wow that would be a lot of ask junior that'd be a lot of questions you think you'd get bored of that i don't think so okay I well think- when we do our ask junior it goes by fast like xfinity x5 well xfinity x5 is more than just fast mike it's also reliable and powerful meaning anyone can do more of what they love with faster internet No lie about that. You and your crew can stay connected with Wi-Fi coverage that delivers the speed your devices need. Remember, everyone, keep them coming. Send your Ask Junior questions to at Xfinity Racing on Twitter. Huge thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. Last call. All right, it's last call. End of the show. Episode 345 is in the books. But before we go, the Dale Jr. Download is on NBCSN Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Jimmy Spencer episode. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. As usual, door bumper clear guys have something to say. This is an emergency podcast alert from your friends at Door Bumper Clear. What's up? I'm Freddie Kraft. We want you to listen to our show right now. Brett Griffin here. We keep it real on the DBC, talking everything that happened at Nashville, including angry driver comments during the race, more dominance from Hendrick Motorsports, Nashville traffic issues, and much, much more. Hey, this is TJ Majors, and we also have Sunday's honorary starter, Bernard Pollard Jr. stopped by. Come listen to us on Door Over Clear right now, available wherever you get your podcasts. Like right now. Man, they get a little hard on us on their show, Mike, every week. You know who they got hard on this week? Dilner. Dilner. That's weird. Well, Dilner, hey, how do you feel about that, man? You got a response? TJ and I will we'll have a talk. No, well, no, no. Do it now. What's your official response? No. Mm. All right. That's, 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 I, yeah. I like TJ. <laughs> but that's okay. Hey, it's okay. We know they're kind of like our little brother and just looking for attention, right? All right, gifts are piling up for the podcast. Jeez, here comes another one. Well, y'all coordinated that well. That was a that was we did not rehearse. Yeah, we gave it away. What do we got here? What do we got? Matthew threw it, went right over Dale's head. Marion Cox, what? This is awesome. Let's see it. It's from Mike Cox, preacher's kid that you used to race against. Oh, I got one. Yep, I got one too. Oh, you did? Yeah, I caught mine. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool. It looks like a big old boat, Mike. Oh, Never stop. on Sunday. <laughs> what a boat of a Boy, car. Just opening up that wound. 
What? I'm trying to get the guy a free boat. <laughs> Nobody oh, sees no, that. He got himself a free boat. I don't know, Mike. You might want to just relax and think about it for a little Thank bit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, man. Pump the brakes. I'm Got not you. saying he's right or you're Thank right. You. Okay. <laughs> Mediator. All right, we got some Lost Speedway information. Everybody's been asking about this, Mike. When is Lost Speedways coming out? When is it coming out? When is it coming out? We're doing a lot of media for Lost Speedways this week. Yeah. Uh, promoting the excitement behind season two. Yeah, we're about a week away, aren't we? A little bit more than a week away. It comes out July one on Peacock. So that is that is the launch date. July one. That's yeah. April one. N- next week. January one. When are you coming to town? December one. <laughs> Not first. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> the crowd Ju- in your head. July I'm laughing, aren't they? <laughs> that is your own joke. You said that the other day. What? It makes my crowd laugh. Yeah, his, his crowd and his head's yes. laughing. He did. That's his new favorite thing. July 1, though, is when Peacock July launches. July 1st. That's for, for, that's for the real people. crowd. <laughs> all right, so we got a special event for, is it, are we telling them? Are we telling them about that? Is that a secret? <laughs> if it was a secret, the secret just got out. <laughs> uh, no, we, yeah, we're, we're going to do a, a little private. So Thursday, this Thursday, we have a private screening um, thing that we're doing. <laughs> And, we uh, just blew our cover. Leah, Leah, everybody's in the room. No. I know. Ah, this is but, awkward. But, but uh, we're gonna have a little Lost Speedways crew get together yeah. right beforehand. All right. You and Amy are coming. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Be fun. Can't <laughs> wait. It's an exciting time. A lot of hard work went into that. I'm gonna tell you something. And this is not for the show, so I shouldn't bring it up. But boy, did I find out some good road stories about our crew yesterday. Things that you and I, they don't tell us. They don't tell us about this stuff. But, boy, our crew raises some hell. Well, we need to have a podcast Damn about straight. it. James Brosan back there came Damn in. My, I asked him questions to get the truth. My gosh. That's like a little work reality hard, show work, going work, on on the road. Work hard, party hard. Maybe it's a whole nother show. I know. For yeah. Dirty Mo Media. Lost Speedways After Dark. Yeah. <laughs> no. Cheap, like, cheap uh, beer and, uh, and conference rooms. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a reality show that's not been done. A production crew. Moving and roaming around the world. We, the, our production crew guys nicknamed our little uh, gang of beer drinkers uh, Lobby Crushers. Yeah. Do you guys count your beers? No. Okay. I, I'd lose count. <laughs> do, you count your, do you count the calories in your beers? I definitely don't drink 55s. No offense. You should come on an overnighter like that no, with no, no. us and I think crush that if I us. was having trouble losing weight, then I'd start counting them. Understood. But I'm <sighs> You just invited Dale to an overnighter. Do you know how much you and him would fight? No. See, the problem is he and I are more alike than – this is my take on it, Dale. I could be completely off. We're more alike than we think. Yeah. Y'all are nothing alike. And we've never – I don't think we've ever sat down and actually drank together. So you're the kind of guy that, you know, would help your buddy maybe, I don't know, get a a free boat. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the kind of buddy that would, you know – Go in on something and then a week later change your mind. If you're like, "Hey man, I found a way for us not to spend any money, not to pay," I'd be like, ah. "Did you see, I, 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 Micah? I hope you got a close up of his face when he when I brought up the boat. He was like, I thought I had some good <laughs> news. Yeah. I thought I was sharing good news, man. That face is not say good hey, that's news. That's okay. If slow you drop out, Mike, you know I know I'm not high on the friend list. Look, but I, I, I'll I'll I'll, hey, I'll put it. my hat in the ring right. somewhere in there. Okay, you know what? That that's one day. Right. Matthew, one day here, has, I'm does good. Matthew have free reign with your free boat? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Be honest, buddy. No. <laughs> no. If you want to borrow it one weekend. 
It'll be uh, might as well test run it. See, boy, if, you can, see if you can there'll be see some, if you can bring it back in one piece. There'll, there'll be some taco boxes and wrappers on that boat. <laughs> then that'll over. be the last That's, time he uses it. There'll be a Bojangles box. That'll be the last time. <laughs> he borrowed the boat. A half eaten sausage biscuit. <laughs> no, not half eaten. I was even you know, when we were talking boat. I even had this thing wrapped with Dirty Mo Media emblems and stuff. No, baloney. Well, me and that's I, my, really? well, I say that because in my so head, in my head, me and Mike are partners, man. Oh, we, oh, are we? <laughs> we were partners, equal partners. We were last were. Uh, for a week. Are we were. Break, don't break up with them. If you feel like got, you want to give me, dumped. if you want to give me a little money to make yourself feel better, I got dumped. You can give me ten bucks, paper caps, <laughs> and then maybe you'll be like, all right. Now I've invested. We got to worry about TJ. I have to break this news to him. He's going to be You are I, not, in my world you whatever. You give two <laughs> about TJ and breaking though you do. do not. He's so fragile. Break his heart, please. He's so fragile and humble. You were just talking <laughs> about him in the damn last call. Break his heart. I was? I wouldn't do that. Leah. Honestly, the reason Leah. TJ hates me right now is cuz he thinks I took that picture of him on purpose that it says dick Don't pick on the sign above his head. Yeah, Leah. Leah, can, can we... take my side or no sides at all. No, no, seriously. <laughs> Be honest. Yeah. Because I saw you shaking your head the whole time. She is yeah. shaking her head. Yeah, I agree with Mike. And, like, if it's your boat and he takes it out and, like, it's say, not my on, boat. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's your boat. Mm-hmm. They're giving it to you. I'm borrowing he ta- it. He takes it out. Something happens. Couldn't even be his fault. What Then what happens? Like He gets to go home and not give a shit about it. Not worry no, about it. That's not true. That's not... You think Mike's going to not give a shit about it? It's nobody's gonna, problem. We'll fix whatever the hell happened. I, it's just not the way the world that's works. How, that's how my... I would be, ter- I would be terrified works. to take no, something out that's not mine. I'm, yeah, I, I, I've been I living in that, that world for 46 years. It yeah, works yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah but yeah, uh, the real world is yeah, where I w- I people... Would, I would Mike, be scared this, to take something that's okay. not mine. You just have to trust me, Mike, that this, is, a, this is going to be fine. No, I, I, I'm, Leah has voted. Oh and, my gosh. And I hate to say and it, so but I do agree with her. So, no disrespect, Leah. But and <laughs> if anything, she's evened it out. She's not, she's not. This is not like a win for Mike. No, trust me, Mike doesn't feel like a winner. Oh man, <laughs> uh, you know, no. <laughs> Matthew Mike agreed. Matthew agreed with me, and she I, agreed I, with you. So I, it's still pretty split. I think right. there's middle ground. You know between what? Ra- everybody. We have special guests in this yep. studio oh, from yeah. the Dale Jr. Foundation. <laughs> And and they don't know we've we've met for the Stacey first time. Stacy and Jeremy, Stacy yeah. and Jeremy. Which, by the way, welcome. They're not. Boy, biased. did we bring dirty laundry to this show? Uh, I apologize for that. Do you have an opinion? She's going to go yeah, with Dale. I can already tell. Stacy is going to go with Dale. She's going to go. Stacey's with Stacy's going with Dale. What's what about your Jeremy? Thank you. He's hard headed. She said, "Take a free boat." He's very stubborn. Jeremy's agreeing too. I wanted Damn. to be. I anyone want, else? I wanted, anyone I, else want to give an opinion? I, Logan. Thank you. Logan right. okay. says she can't love relax that, love and enjoy that, it. In, love that Honestly, little perspective there. So, so everybody knows, um, our special guest uh, cited for Dale Jr. said they'd have no problem. Logan, who just, her stock went up a few points. She's an intern for Wait. us this year. She just said, she would, and she you? was very honest answer, said <laughs> it would. she would never get to a comfortable place. You wouldn't be able to relax. See, that's where I can life. agree with both of can you. you. Can you hear how he... But I can he, agree with both of you. Can you hear how he polished her opinion versus Wait, what, the opinion of the Is that what you said? Oh, no, no, he said... But I can agree with not being comfortable with what she he's said. He's like, here was their opinion, and then we got this really honest, amazing opinion. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Spoken eloquently. You know, no, uh, grammar was pristine. <laughs> Just right on point. Delivered well. 
What about James? He's I you always like go James, to him. James is like James, the most level-headed James, James Rosen, get on the he's mic got the real quick. <laughs> James, come here. Nice, uh, Mike, Mike, uh, uh, no, James, no, say James. it loud. Th- this is true. James Brosan is the most honest person Litmus. that I know, and he will not sugarcoat anything. James, please, we got to be able to hear this. Get on the <laughs> James. Just, do it. just. I mean, I, I understand Mike's. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Hey, if I about, about the the mooch. Yeah. It's in everyone's head, and 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 it should be. When people are using other people's property, even if it was somebody using my property, you got so there's like always this meter running, right? And it's something you don't know what that number is, but at some point it's like, are they ever gonna give that thing thing back? Or are they, you know, if they if, whether it's somebody owes you money or whether it's somebody's, you know, taking, you know, borrowed your lawnmower, or whether it's whatever it is, you know, there's comes a point when it's like, yeah, they they've uh, they've forgotten who owns this thing. What if the person? What if? What if I, I like I know you're not like that. So well, does well, that might matter that I know that you're not a moocher and I know you're not gonna just take off with the boat and never turn around and come back. Yeah, but it's there's other people than just you. And I know I understand what your response no, to this I'm is saying, be, like, but like there's other like Kelly and myself and you know Tony, oh, so everybody around us are like, you know, when oh, when Mike people gets, start formulating opinions yeah. and stuff like that. I will say this, and you don't know this, uh my wife had a lot of questions she wanted answered before we were to go in on this boat. Uh-huh. So, that, that, like, I'm happy like, to talk to her. Maybe I you don't a, need to now. Well, I would, I would be happy to. There's no point. I'm not saying I, that if I need to. I said I would be happy to talk to her. Okay, great. I want to see what she thinks about what the, about the new development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she'll be. She'll think you you did me wrong. All right. Really. I wanted. I'd love to talk to her. Twitter poll. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. This was the longest last call we've ever had. But and, no, and no one's still listening. No, no, it was gone. <laughs> they're, right. they're gone. Right, they're gone. <laughs> this Bye-bye. is just for us. Yep. All right. All right. What do y'all want to do next? Say goodbye. Say goodbye, Dale. Oh, that's it. Say bye bye. All right, y'all. <sighs> it's hard to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week. He was in Nashville. <laughs> it's a song. We'll see y'all next week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And thank you, Jimmy Spencer. He gave us a lot of time. Usually our guests are in here for about an hour, hour and 30 minutes. Jimmy doubled that, and we appreciate it. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.